All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 35 of the Kill Your Internet podcast. With you, as always, is your boy Colin. I promised a special one this week. I've been waiting for this one for a while. We got Mr. Max Swan with us today. Maxwell, how are we doing today, buddy? Quite well, man. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here, dude. Good. I'm so happy this is going on finally. This is a funny thing because me and Max actually have never met each other in person. Maybe we bumped into each other, but like never had a conversation. Not one that either of us remember. No, and sure. this is like an admiration <laughs> thing because I, I have a slight obsession with Max's music, and I've let him know. I let Scarlett, his manager, know. Scarlett's been a guest on the podcast as well, so uh, shout out to Scar. Yes. But this is one. I follow you on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Likewise, and you interest me. Like I, I said this already. I said it's a weird thing to say, but like you interest me as a human being. Between the wildlife pictures, the fishing. The technical genius that is Max Swan making music, and I was like, I gotta have this dude on. Like, there's no question, this needs to happen. So, thank you, man. You I just a lot. want you to know I'm happy you're here. Um, first off, we always ask this question to begin with: How's quarantine been? Honestly, I mean, I think that we're all kind of uh, we we're all dealing with it in a kind of like a similar but extremely different way, like across a number of paths. Like of course, with man. Art, art, music, and stuff like that, uh, and it's like. I've, but I've been I've been really I've I've been fortunate to have kind of a focus on like really changing things that I need to change about myself like for the better. It's been the one yeah. really big positive of this yeah. situation yeah. that life stopped for a minute yeah. and we all got to look in the mirror and be like what am I doing? Yeah. I know for myself like I said yeah, you s- going on, Now right? you said this already <laughs> when we were talking before this but it's the idea that we had the opportunity to, to change shit, right? Yes. And, and for myself, like, All I have time. never in my life had time to sit down and I've been dating my wife since I was 16. Wow. I'm 28. That's great. And we've never spent, I'm a workaholic. It's what I do. Yeah, me too. I played baseball in college. Before it was music, it was baseball. That's and nice. it was, I was the first one there, last one to leave. With music, I'm not in the city as much as I'd like to be. And right. plus, even if, when I'm home, I'm running around like a fucking crazy person. Yeah. So to actually get to experience spending time with my wife has been the most magical thing that I could ask for. Yeah. On the flip side. Yes, time. Yes, time, dude. Time is what it's all about. And the time, this is the first time in the history of my life I've had time to focus on like one to two things. I'm usually the guy who's like, all right, I got this to do, this to do, this to do, this to do, and maybe if I have a little bit of time, I'll be able to have a conversation with my wife. Mm -hmm. Because it's the thing where it's like, nothing matters to me in the world more, but also, I got to think about our life. You know what I mean? Like, I got to think about like, okay, if if this is what I'm going to do, if music's what I'm going to do, which it is, I got to work my ass off or else we're never going to have the life that we want. If I don't use this time right now to get the fuck after it. Exactly. When when is it going to fuck? When am I going to do that shit? Bro. Like, when? you know what I mean? You have that like insane like fear of the realization of the fact that it's like i don't know (laughs) to do this we we've had this we've had this conversation we have this conversation all the time about what other profession is has there ever been set up that you don't actually you you put time in so eight years now for me as a song as a songwriter i've been since i was 20 i've been taking this like seriously yes is there ever been another profession where you put that time in at a deficit and there's absolutely no guarantee that you're going to be able to to live your life? Like that you're ever going to yeah. make it? Yeah, man. It's like from so many different angles. Finances, of course, the yeah. place your mind goes when you're thinking of that type of stuff. But, I mean, you know, I think that there's I, – I, I like work so that I can achieve that balance. Of course, man. I don't have it now. 
I've you never. Know what I mean, but like, eventually, I'm certain that that will fall into place because, like, you know, I'm, I have an extremely stable relationship with Ariska, and like the the I it just I have kind of leveled myself out in a lot of ways. Yeah, and continue to try to do so. Yeah, so that I can be in a better situation. Like. To grow. Do you do? Are you like a, a horoscope guy? Like, do you like follow horoscopes and shit like that? Um, not as much in recent years. No, for me, I don't. I don't look at horoscopes at all. Yeah. I, 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 it's not something I. Is it because you don't believe in them? Like, is it? If you want me to be completely honest, I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just like, to me, I'm just kind of like, all right, yeah, fucking when I was born determines what I am. I, I, I just. I'm an idiot. I don't know. Don't listen to what yeah. I say. But for me, I've always been told, because I'm a Libra. Yeah. And apparently that means balance. Right. Scales. Yeah. I don't know who fucked up on that one. Do you feel one. it, though? No. Like, do you ever feel that? Like, no. I'm always like, I'm a Scorpio. I'm, no. Like, I'm, never, <laughs> it never, like, but I say, I, I say it more like, I'm a Scorpio. No, I I'm always, like, you know. I have friends who will be like, dude, you're such a Libra. And I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck that yeah. means. But, yeah. Yeah. I, like, for me. It means something about balance, and people have read off to me like the character traits of a Libra, and every yeah. time I'm like, "That's not me at all." Like, because right. some people, it's pretty dead on. For me, yeah. I'm 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 the least balanced human being alive. I'm like, yeah, work, 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 and if I can fit it in, enjoy myself. Yeah. And but to be honest, that's kind of a lie because work is what I enjoy. But do you have like a maniacal way? I have. A, I'm like a maniac. Oh, I'm a maniac I go, too. I go so back and forth between. Nothing is happening. To everything is happening. Uh, and not, and not, not in personal achievement, just in like in the ideas, the muse speaking to you, really feeling like you have a grip of what's going on. That's a good point because I, 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 I got to be completely honest because I yeah. know, I know people like I know most people like that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever taken the time to let it happen. Yeah, I, I'm when you say a maniac, I'm a maniac in the fact that it's always this. And you can ask yeah. the band because the band yeah. is the band is like. Can we chill for five seconds? Right. I'm like, if we chill for five seconds, you'll never make it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm a fucking crazy person. To where you grew like, up going from sports to this other thing to something else. So I was always the kid that stayed up the latest at every sleepover. I was the kid who fell asleep first. I, always, no way. Always, dude. Holy it, smokes. It's so, it's so weird because I never sleep as an adult, but as a kid, I was the last one. I was the first one to go to bed. I would just get tired and be like, well, fuck you guys. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. That's me. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. That's how I was. And- like, cause my me and my brother are extremely close. We're two right. we're two years apart. Yeah. Maddie would be the one who would stay up till five in the morning, mm -hmm. and I would be the one who get drew on. Like they would draw on me and shit because yeah. I'd be asleep first. Yeah. Even now as an adult, if we go out, yeah, two o'clock hits, I'm in my bed. Like I'm more that now than it, I've ever been in my life. It, but like, if I'm working, yeah, sun can come up and I don't even notice. Right, right. I have no problem staying up all hours of the night if it comes for work. But like when it comes yeah. to being out, I. Also, I think alcohol just affects me in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I get happy, but it just knocks me out. It always yeah. has. I've never been like you meet some people who like drink and they get crazy. Like they, it, it's an upper for them. Right. Alcohol just makes me go to sleep. And I've always wanted to get that. The, like, the knock think, you out kind of a thing. No, no, no. Like the the like that that somehow alcohol is a stimulant. It doesn't do it for me. It's like the, I don't I don't really understand how that works, but I I feel like I've almost had it. There was like one time where I almost had it. There's one it like, drink. There's one drink that does it to me. Tequila. Tequila. That doesn't, I don't know if that works on me. Tequila apparently know. is the only upper alcohol. I feel about tequila. I feel about your perspective about tequila the way that I feel about horoscopes. Okay. <laughs> That's a good comparison. You know what I mean?
All right, here's what we'll do. This is our icebreaker moment okay. to where uh, right. we debuted it. So it's it's ten questions. I'm a rapid yeah. fire ten questions. Wait, but tequila. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. So this is my question. Yeah. Be- first question: beer or liquor? Um, it really depends, man. Yeah. I've been I've been like, I've been really enjoying beer, and I think it's because of the fact that like most of the beers I drink are just kind of like adult sodas. Okay. Like so Coors you're banquet. So you're life. you're a, you're a cheap beer guy. I respect that. I di- dude, I'm like on a I'm on a major bass kick right now. No shit. Where the fuck are you buying bass? Is dude, that dude? <laughs> oh, shout out to Society Hill Beverage, man. Like, dude, dude, you guys. Uh, yes. Yeah, I love that. I, that to... no, that's a really good um like dad in the garage beer like the the, yeah. the, the garage fridge yes. that bass is a garage yeah. beer yeah i'm i've been an ipa guy and also once again shout out to city tap house at 18th and arch i bartended there for four years right oh, at the college no way yeah city tap i wanted to play there so many so, times so city never... tap uh is a fucking ipa bar like this is like yes. and now i know yeah. i know the alcohol percentage of every goddamn beer I ever made right and but <laughs> like for, so your cheap beer is bass is what you've been drinking but you like uh, the, i usually go coors almost every time coors man. in any coors in banquet. any format like you're talking like coors you're talking bar, banquet all that i well i mean i for the short answer is banquet like i mean banquet's the best yeah but and banquet, first off, you always feel great when you drink a banquet because it's out of the bottle, and the banquet bottle, or actually the gold cans too. Uh, sorry, yeah, yes, I did. I have unfortunately not been buying the bottles. Shame I'm on like, you, dude. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the that like I put this in the freezer for ten minutes. Oh, and then metallic, it's crispy after that. Metallic crispness. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a I'm a Yingling guy, and, and just I've I really like Yingling as well. I love Yingling, yeah. but like. Yeah. If I'm drinking cheap, like if I'm drinking cheap light beer, I've always gone Bud Light, and then recently Bud Light has turned on me, and I've always been like, I fucking hate Miller Light. <laughs> yeah. It's my it's my wife's favorite beer, and we keep it in the fridge for that reason. I always hated Miller Light. I always said it tasted like socks to me because right. it's a Pilsner. I just don't like Miller Pilsners. Light, yeah. And then recently yeah, I've I've Pilsner. converted. Mostly because Eric, who's in the band, is a Miller Lite. He calls them Killer Lights. He drinks Killer Lights only. Yeah. And so I'm me. I'm more of the snooty guy. I, I like a nice IPA and I stout. But uh, so your lagers. Oh, like f- what you're talking about? Look, with I'm I'm a guys. I'm a fucking guys guy. You just give me anything and I'll drink it. I don't give right. a shit. I'm not gonna be. You're not gonna Hell hand yeah, me. Man. You're not gonna hand me a Miller Lite and I'll be like. Yeah, like yo. Let excuse me. Sangria. Yeah, exactly. But all right. So, but if you're drinking liquor, what do you drink? Uh, I really. I mean. I think uh, it's pronounced all peg. Okay, what is it? (laughs) From what uh, Johnny at Bourbon and Branch says, it's pronounced all all peg. peg. What what color is it? It reads ard, like ard, (laughs) ard, and then beg, like dog. No shit. Yeah. So, all right, I I was, I thought you were going to be like bourbon, cognac, and you're like ard peg. It's a super peaty scotch. Oh, oh, all right, cool. We're good with that. So, you're a scotch scotch. guy. That's like drinking the earth. It's like legitimately scooping your your cup. In a weird way, you almost feel it. It's the fucking earth. It really is. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, so next. It's not a stimulant. No, no, that's, that's, you have deep conversations and you knock the fuck out. Like, you you don't drink scotch and then go out and party. Like, scotch is you sit and you sip. Yeah, I can, I've, I've kind of like, um, I've come to appreciate the fact that, like, if you just have, like, one scotch, it's like a nightcap, there is a very specific, like, relaxive, relaxative buzz. Absolutely. That it, like, it you don't it doesn't affect your mind the way that beer does it like it 
you can still kind of think straight, but you get very peaceful. Do I, you think? Do you think that's like um, kind of like a placebo effect of just knowing the context that you usually drink scotch? Because you think of scotch and like placebo a big a big leather chair and a yeah. cigar, and you, you sit back, that. and then you're thinking in your head, you're like, "I'm drinking scotch." I, I think just... about like Pete Moss and Foggy Forest. Fuck it, I think about like the the Irish the Irish countryside. <laughs> is what I actually think about like Ernest Hemingway, or I think about like yep, that's a good one, or that's like picture Teddy Roosevelt drinking it as he murders a bear like i don't like just the realest man shit humanly possible yeah okay i'm seeing it yeah all right here we go question two all right what tv shows have you binged during quarantine dark for me is number one is it good because i've heard good things it is how would you describe dark be filterless for the sake of good be filterless this is a filterless place bro i love the first the first season was fucking incredible yeah like the acting i'm not like is it sci-fi what the movie is about is, I'm too stupid to explain. <laughs> but it's like it's about it's about uh, like, do you, are you familiar with string theory? My brother read books on string theory because he was a nerd. All so right. yes, I don't know if th- that is exactly what it is, but I think I'm getting that kind of feeling. And so you're you're in like me. outer, you're like fucking like the contextualization of the universe, fucking string theory shit. Like you're all over the place, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm only, I'm more of like an intrigued onlooker than I am somebody that really thoroughly uh, can keep my focus on something for a long time. It's like the movie, you, know? you ever seen the movie Interstellar? Uh, unbelievable movie. Bro, I love, I, I loved it, but the first time I saw it, it really scares you. I, I was more like, my fucking head hurts. Because I was like, I'm going to go see a Christopher yeah. Nolan movie. And then they were doing intense yeah. string theory mathematics, like like chaos mathematics on the on the board. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so much heavier than Inception, by the way. What if the folks, fuck never happened to yeah. Matthew McConaughey that he went from like yeah. failure to launch oh, to true detective yeah. and, and fucking interstellar? I love yeah. Matthew McConaughey. I think he's a genius. But like, I, as myself as well, dude. Dude, what Hard a guy. Hardcore admirer, man. I yeah. just love the fact that he like he just took this harsh turn, like they like yeah. the the reconnaissance that happened a couple years ago, where this dude just said, "You know what I'm gonna do? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna become the best actor on earth." Yeah, the Dallas Buyers Club, great True movie, back dude. Back to back, I still think True Detective season one is the greatest season oh. of television of all time. It's uh, it's for me, it's up there. What's your number one taste besides that? What else? Mm. Well. Just so that we can go over dark, because you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I will not get this. I will try. I will say spoiler alert. Please do. (laughs) I will try. I'm so bad at doing that, dude. You're just going to be like, by the way, they all fucking die. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. My my closest friends will tell you that I do this constantly. You're that dude? They're like, no, no, no. I start talking, and they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Uh, and I tr- and I fight my way through it, and then I do it. Yeah. Of course. Like that's what happens. They like flip out, and I'm like, no, no, it's gonna be. Fun. At least I'll you're not it. a question asker. Like someone's watching a movie, and they're yeah. like, yo, what did that mean? Did you just see that? Yes. <sighs> my mom. My mom. Growing up, we could not watch shit in the house because yeah. she'd just be like, what happened to that guy? What just? Ha-? Fuck that shit. I'd rather get the movie spoiled than somebody talk to me about it the yes. entire time. Yes. Okay. So the show makes your brain hurt. It really does. In like. In a good way. The second season is a little bit hard to hang on to, but the first season is spectacular. See, now I like, gotta watch this when I get home. So there's there's a town in Germany where the individually on this this focus of twelve to fifteen characters that you get to intimately know throughout the season. Yeah. Um they they individually and they don't really tell anybody any of the other ones about it, but they find a nuclear hole 
inside of a cave due to a, a factory. Jesus like, Christ. Burying wasted, bur- burying waste stuff. Yeah, like nuclear like, waste. Encapsulating it in concrete, digging a f- 500-foot hole and dr- and just leaving it there. It sounds like a corporation. Yeah, it's like you can't really like <laughs> plant your garbage like that, I don't think. It's probably it's a probably not good. Idea. Yeah. Greenhouse gases. But, uh, <laughs> so they, yeah, they, they, the acting is unbelievable. It's all in German. I was going to say, is this the one that's in a different language? Yeah, I would recommend trying to read it. I've heard that the, I heard, I've heard of, but I have not seen the stuff with, with, um, the, like the re recording. I don't want to do that. I'd rather the, read the it. The overdub, the English yeah. overdub. Fuck Sorry, that. I want to read it. Yeah. Um, the, it, it, it's just, uh, I really like got so I get so locked in. I got so locked in in like the first season, man. Like the 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 moments of intense realization are not hokey in any way. But See now, like, it feels so almost like their discovery as characters. Yeah, as they start to understand things, some of them have better luck with it than others. There's, yeah, and it's wild because they they're dude. It is nuts, man. All right, Absolutely when, insane. And now I got something because right yeah. now I'm in the middle of uh, finishing House I was of about Cards. To talk about that for ten minutes. I'm so glad I stopped. Where I'm in the middle of fucking <laughs> house. I'm in the middle of House of Cards again. I went back and rewatched it. Yeah, and that dude is weird. Fucking that Kevin dude Spacey. Is weird, and he did some strange things. I know, That's dude. All I'm gonna say. I know. Trust me. I, I know. Attack the guy. I feel bad saying it. But this is like, a question we actually had on the podcast last week, and it was: Can you separate an artist from his art? And, oh yeah, I've heard this. I've heard this constantly, and as of late on podcasts, it was like a thing yeah. for me to where I actually. It's because I like I'm very like morally like if you do a certain thing, fuck you, but like. Yeah. I just, I gave into my morals and I was like I I heard how because I never got to find out how House of Cards ended and the first season is so fucking incredible, yeah, and I mean it's even like we always have the Kanye conversation on here, yeah, and. He's my he was my my all time favorite. I love Kanye. I love Kanye I have, so much. I have a lot. I have taken a lot of like really great moments of inspiration from his music I over, changed, over the years. There was every a, single record. That's the thing. He's an every he's single a, one. But it's like you can't hate. Even like if I post something about Kanye on our social media, like on our story or something like that, yeah. I always get a DM right away, being like, "Fuck Kanye," and I'll be like, "I get it." Trust People me. Do that to you on social? Yeah. Like all, they'll come out. Uh, they'll come out that hard, like right out of the gate all the time. Dude, I have been, I have been so like I hate, I hate so social media. I'm so happy to say that that's only happened to me like I think three or four times oh, I, in the I, entire quarantine. I'll but it get, like it bothers. Like, it bothers shit at me. me up and they like voice something to they they they're like almost mean to you. Yeah, they're mean. To, yes, they are. They, and they're not even willing to ask a question to like cl- like. Start a discourse here with what's going on, and and like I, because I want to understand you. I want that. You know what I mean. I just read a book called "The Coddling of the American Mind." I listened to that book. Yeah, love okay. that. Right, and book, so the, yes. the 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 name of our podcast is the Kill Your Internet Podcast. Right, and right. I, I, I am was wondering. So yeah. I'm a big. I don't like social media. I don't think it does good things to my my emotional state. It doesn't do good things to my brain. Yeah, because for me, I'm. I'm a conversationalist. I yes. want to learn things. I'm not combative whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the nature of online communication is so combative right now. Yes. And it sends me to a terrible place. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not combative like, is a is a reasonable way to put it. Also, man. But like, the worst, the worst part for me is I can't get rid of it because our business runs through it. 
Yeah. And I, you try and show well, some... It highlights the fact that you are like trying to be a brand yeah, on a it's technology so that weird. fucking everybody uses. It's so, so it's weird. Like, I just want to be cool, dude. Well, that's what you this... What I mean? That's what the podcast is about, is the yeah. fact that it's my long-form way of showing people like, yo, especially when we talk to other people, we're people. Yeah. We don't have to agree on everything because that's not the way society works. If we all thought the same way, yes. it'd be a fucking communist regime. And I don't and think it's while, anything once. Yeah, totally. And just to that point, like I think that we can also be mutually respective better in general, even when we don't agree with one another. Absolutely. Like, it's this is my opinion. This is has nothing to do with current events. Yeah, absolutely. This is my observation of my own life as to like things that have left negative imprints on me as a human being. Yeah. And I really think a lot of it comes down to like your words are so fucking powerful absolutely like they are so you have no idea what you put in someone's mind when you have like a a dominant like conquering of their soul when they're little you know what i mean oh yeah especially when you're kids because of bullying because of like your peers like starting to kind of change their opinions about you and then them like starting to be progressively more angry as you go through these stages in life yeah like not you know it's in the, it, it it just uh it's interesting how powerful negativity is it's like, so weird it makes you feel it's it takes up a lot of our time we've we've i've had conversations with people and even like members of my family and yeah. you know we went through a lot when we were kids we we there was a lot of things that i won't get into on the podcast necessarily but we had opportunities to either take it as a positive and keep moving yeah or let it affect you down the road yeah and i'm not naming names and it's it's more of like a situation to where i get weird when i listen to adults like people that are our age that okay will talk about something that happened to them like way 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 back down the line and yeah. use it as a justification for something like a behavior at this point in our lives because yes. it's understandable yeah. But I think that if you ever want to progress in life, you need to and I'm yeah. not saying I'm not using the phrase get over it. I'm saying seek a way to resolve that issue. You need to find internal peace, man. And even it's if like, it, and, and I don't it, dude, that is like so woo woo yeah. to say to people and like I'm you a, know, like eh, it's not a good thing to say at Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like but yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a woo I'm a glass half full guy at all times. Yes. And you gotta I, work you gotta make the best with what you got. I'm a firm believer in I don't I don't participate in it but i think therapy is important right I, and once i'm also yes. not somebody i'm Very not important. i'm not like a talk i'm not like a um i'm not like the mental health guy i'm not like it's not what i talk about generally i just want to keep things kind of light this is same. me as a human being 100 same this is entirely like this is just right now right and know? so i think like more than anything though i think one thing that i've come to realize is that like I get weird. Uh, maybe maybe it's because of the past or whatever, and the, my just my opinion on things. But like, I just don't like the idea of blaming something and then not trying to resolve it. Yes. Like, I think that if there's an issue, you harbor because I mean, I like growing Everybody up. Everybody harbors. Growing up, I think my my pops always had like something like uh like I don't use the word daddy issues, but like different things like that. Right. And it affected him way down the road. Like we were like in high school, and like me just being like, dude. Figure the fuck out. We're we're, we're kids now. Like yes. like so. To me, I think that's once again something I could probably talk to a therapist about. But like, that's just like a weird thing. And I think social media to me will all like. I cannot wait to read the goddamn like reports on what social media has done to the minds and the the thought processes and the like coddling of the American mind is like unbelievable. It, it is an extremely sobering read. Like anyone that is watching this, just you had like it's a very very into the guy's name is. 
uh, Dr. Jonathan Haidt or Height. And I, I think I think it's Height. I don't think it's Haidt, but it's H A I D T. And this is not an opinion book. Yeah. This is a study by <laughs> social scientists. I'm giving a bibliography. My right. bad. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like it's not like because I remember um, I tried explaining it to my wife and yeah. Dana. Dana's like it's hard to explain, man. But she was more just like. These guys sound like assholes. She, and I was yes. like, it's not a, it's not an opinion. This is like they did studies. They did studies about this shit. Real studies, not epidemiological shit. No, nope. it's all. It, it is. I'm not a scientist. We are not scientists. But I feel I see myself as someone that has good reason and good intentions. And when I observe the work that he did, yep. for its own for its own thing, detach it from him. Yeah, it is extremely. Uh, convincing. Yeah, hell yeah! It is, it's it's absurd. Like just what it's done to young uh, young women and girls. I'm so scared. You know? I have I have two very young nieces. Yeah, and yeah, my eight year old niece is on TikTok. I said to my sister, sure. and I was I was like Nick. I was like, come the fuck on. Yeah. I was like I was like can't. And she was like, Kyle, what are you? Gonna, this is like where things are moving. It really is like that is a very good point that it is where things are moving and, and that is like it inspires fear this is my 20 you this is my 28 year old body and my yeah. 85 year old brain to where yeah. i'm like fuck that shit so i don't do you play video games i actually I, i've just been thinking about this recently i have not touched a video game in probably I think I played one game with my girlfriend last year. I haven't owned for like an hour. It I haven't. Really fun. I haven't owned a gaming system since I was in like grade school. I d yeah. this is. I'm not like talking. I played a little bit in high school. I was I'll, really. I play like Mario NBA Kart and driving stuff. See, like that's Forza Motorsport. I suck. I suck at video. I suck at video games. I, I'm terrible at them. And when yeah. we were we were kids. It was a competition between my, me and my brother, my cousins, and my friends. Yeah. I was like, I got better things to do. Did it was like snotty, but my brother loved Halo, so I would jump on there from time to time with him just so he'd have somebody to play with. But what, you just got your ass kicked too many times? Fuck yeah! I don't, <laughs> it was just like I think I always had music to turn to, yeah. so it was like I was like, I'll go play the guitar. You nerds handle your video games. It became like that for me, man. It's like it, that's a very similar. I didn't even ever think about it that way for myself, but it's like yeah, like when I when I started getting serious about music when it was uh, like halfway. Uh, through high school, yeah. basically, it, it kind of like fell away from my life. Yeah, just totally naturally, and it sounds like the same for you. Like you were just impassioned with something else that you went. It's like I'm not trying to be. I don't. Be I'm like, not being contrarian to where I was to play yeah. video games. I like to watch people play video games from time to time. I'll sit right. on the couch and drink a beer, yeah. and my buddies in college will be playing like Skyrim or some shit, uh -huh. and I'd be like, yeah. Kill that orc over there, bro. That's a good move. Good movies over yeah. there. But like, I'm yeah. not gonna sit there and do it, I, dude. The graphics are unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's fucking ridiculous. It's like every time I see them, and I'm not talking the commercials. <laughs> the graphics are better in the commercials. Always. But it's like the games, man. Like there, I saw this. It was like a samurai. I think it was. Oh, Musashi. the Ghost of Tsushima or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, there. I think I. I feel like it has something to do with Musashi, dude. dude I, it's a. Do you know? Are you familiar are, with Musashi? Uh, no. What's Musashi? Was, um. I, I got I read I've I've tried to get through this book. It's very difficult because I, my attention span is awful. Me but too. It's like it's a story about a guy who uh, about like it's a legendary story of a guy that became a samurai, but oh, also shit. like uh, he adopt like he said something I don't know. Like Rogan always talks about. It. Oh, okay. So it's what? Yeah, me. Too. Are you a Joe Rogan, Rogan guy? So, yeah. So I'm trying to like not sound like you want to do DMT. It's it, I, <laughs> dude. I couldn't do it, man. I I really like DM. I think a guy came up to me, allegedly. <laughs> 
in in twenty in twenty uh twenty nineteen, like they're in the summer and he had like a vape, like a weed vape. Yeah. But he and you know, he's like he's he's got this like open like paisley shirt. He's like way very too, stereotypical way too guy young to be wearing this paisley shirt. <laughs> but he's killing it, dude. This guy is like he's got the orange. He's got shorts the swag, on. right? Yeah, orange shorts on, boat shoes, and he's just like vibing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like vibing, vibing, like sweating. And he comes up. He came up to me and he was like, he says, uh, he's like, dude, do you want to hit? Do you want to hit this DM? He's like, dude, it was amazing. He's like, he's like, over over the top, over the top of his compliments. But he came, he came in really, really hot. And he's like, do you want to do DMT? Do you want to try this DMT? And I was like, I oh, I I paused for a second. And you thought, thought about, about it because I was like, if I t- if if I just can you. Is it like an ocean? Like, or is this entryway an ocean or a, or a deep end? You also got to you know consider I mean? the fact that you're probably you're probably a different dude after that experience. So you're like, am I ready to become the new Max? I mean, f- dude, Rogan talks about it all the time. All the it's time, it's become like a, a point of like it's hilarity a meme. to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I saw this meme. I saw this meme. Uh, my friend Sam Geller, Sam Gellerstein, you know, yeah, player. Yeah. He, he sent me the meme of of Joe, be, and it was like it was just a picture of him with like the crazy DMT eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, like the top of the universe it says something <laughs> like i went to you know somebody dies and they go and see god and and they they ask him like joe rogan like pops up in the corner while they're talking to god like at the <laughs> gates of heaven and, and and god goes no don't worry dude he he he's uh, he comes up here every once in a while but he's only here for a couple seconds all the time dude <laughs> he that guy fucking interests me like to me know too, man it's amazing the following that guy has created and yep. it's actually something that like but i've as a person too as I, a person too. i've I've always looked at him kind of as like this new model of like he's always been a stand-up comedian and he's always had jobs on TV shows and stuff right, like that. Right. But the podcast and UFC have launched him into this otherworldly realm of where he's selling out arenas. So yeah. I've almost kind of like I love the idea of using the podcast as a way to springboard the music to go even further. But the one thing I will say about the podcast too is it's got me in touch with people that I never would have talked to before. Right. Because you know what the pure fact of the matter is? People love to hear themselves talk. And to where Yeah, the mics sound real good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So <laughs> if it, in an opportunity where someone might be like, I don't I don't know that person that well. I don't want to yeah. like I don't want to work with them on something or like I'm not yeah. that willing to help them. But if I come to you and right. say, Hey, would you like to talk about yourself for an hour and a half? They'll be like, Fuck yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah. I have a hard time with it. I deflect and stuff. It's hard for me to get into a rhythm with it, you know. <laughs> I dude, you're doing it fucking fantastic. Job. I'm always just like, No, thank you. <laughs> All right, hold on, real quick. We're gonna we're gonna rapid fire a couple questions here. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, we're on question three. Cake or pie, as a dessert? Uh, I'm in. A, I'm in. I'm in more of a pie period. In my I like life pie. Right now. I yeah. like pie. What's yeah. your What's your pie of choice? Um, I like apple pie. Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. I hate apples. I love apple pie. Yeah, makes no sense. I like apples. I've been getting more into them recently. It's we like had a, a, We had a talk about me and Katie. I was doing this this ten questions there, and I said, "What's your biggest fear?" Yeah, and she said, "Clowns." And I said, because I said, I said, biggest fear or pet peeve. Yeah. And uh, mine is people eating apples in front of me. It's really? a fucking super weird thing. I, it's a pretty loud food. Is it the noise? No, this is, <laughs> this is funny because we're talking about things that happened in the past that impact you today. Yeah. Um, in college, freshman year, we were at Westchester and we were in a lecture hall and they would assign seats. Yeah. And this girl would come in every day, 10 minutes late, and she would sit behind me. And her her like lap was here and like it was like, like staggered seating. Right. And she would fucking eat. An apple in a quiet room every day for three months. And finally, after like two months, I turned around and I was like, yo, you got to stop. Please stop. If it is completely silent, that's a pretty like 
it's a startling thing because you yeah. can't pace it. You know what I mean? I, Unless you're paying attention closely to how someone's eating, you can't like pace it if the chewing is annoying you. Fact. If the chewing is annoying you, like you're like, I don't, I don't hear it. I'm a man. I'm a man of weird pet peeves. Like weird. Again, you're like weird pet peeves. My brother used to snore when when uh, when we were little. Yeah, and it used to make me so mad. Oh, here we go. What's your yeah. worst show memory? Like your worst, like you're like, oh, I really fucked that one up. Or like, man, there's been a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it my way, bro. Well, I mean, it's like I always, I, it's always for me. Like I just want to perform yeah. as best I can, and I, I don't want to sound too much of a nerd in saying it because, like, you can I be like, a nerd. Bro. I try to get lost when I perform, but I see things sometimes and they appall me. <laughs> 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 that I did, that I did, or like, and and as of late, there's been a couple shows that I've had where I, I like, I perform fine. I think you know what I mean. You leave, you go out and stuff, but like, it's weird in your own perception of how you perform because it, it's, it does come kind of in waves. Like when you're touring and playing, a lot, yeah, you feel really like lubricated. Absolutely, yeah. You know well, you're I mean? in a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're very lubricated, bro. Sorry. Uh, no. So I will say though, is there one that sticks out to where you're like. I don't even want to talk about that show like that. Like I have, cause I'm a I'm a, I'm like a, like a James Brown type to where like, if like something's not tight after the show, it'll just bother me. Like, I'll just be like, dude, we fucking came out of that course so mm -hmm. wrong. Like, I, I guess maybe hold on. I'll give you, I'll give you mine yeah, first. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one would be, I got electrocuted in new Orleans. We were sound checking and I got electrocuted before the show. Uh, your guitar. Hot mic. I put my lips to the oh, mic. Oh, no way. Shocked me. Like, legitimately shocked me. How bad? Bad enough that I... I will say this was pre-show. This was sound check. Yeah. But this show will always remind me of that. Right. Uh, bad enough that I had to sit down. Like, I got... I was in the middle of, like, doing something, Whoa. and I got hit, and I was... And I sat down, and I was like, yo, sound what guy. What do you feel like? Can you describe it? fucking tingly i don't know how else to describe it was shitty i got electrocuted when i was younger so uh, like insane tension like no are you time does stops it make you totally rigid time stops no very wavy uh Whoa. my dad was a contractor and we were uh gutting a house in mayfair yeah we're, and uh i was like 10 and he was like just trying to make me do something and he was like yo mm -hmm. spray this it's called goof off and, and they wanted to strip the wallpaper off the wall and he's like spray the goof off on the wall and scrape this shit off with this metal uh like putty knife so i'm scraping the wallpaper off and i go near a socket and i put it in the side of the socket and i just went and oh, my dad man. walked in he's like what are you doing and I'm, i was like i got fucking electrocuted so <laughs> twice dude i uh, have guys I, <laughs> I have to tell you something i can't imagine you like running it <laughs> it was just me and my dad in this house and it was gross yeah. too because the people who yeah. lived there previously smoked so inside and i'm spraying the goof off on the wall wait when was this did you work in construction at some point bro i was I'm 10 lost. i was 10 i was gonna say i was kid no yeah, I, yeah. I never worked a day of construction in my life my right. dad my dad was a contractor so when we were kids he would oh, demo yeah, houses so around. he would just bring me with yep and yep. uh but so i spray the goof off on the walls my dad's like watch this happen and all of a sudden brown shit starts pouring down the walls nicotine on the walls Pouring oh, down, man. they smoked in the house for like fifty years, and yeah. I now I ne never smoke inside because it'll fucking destroy your home. I can remember uh, a woman's car when I was younger that was it. It was like she had a Honda, uh, like a gray ceiling type vibe, like that type of material. Oh, you know? like a cloth kind of like a yeah, like fine fine nice nice cloth nice shit. But she nice, smoked in there. Nice. Uh, yeah, and and I can remember flipping the visor. And 
there was a mark around the different visor. color like the actual oh. like, the shape of the visor if you pulled it down there was like you could see a distinct and it wasn't it wasn't like a line from like dirt from dirt on your hands it was like an entire other shade oh. and then the space underneath but it was like i don't know man i kind of like i i like in, i enjoyed that smell Oh, I mean, I have a very strong memory of, uh, (laughs) we lived with my grandma growing up. My grandmother, uh, old Italian lady, great lady, smoke with the windows up. Right. And she had an old, it was like a blue Buick with uh, crushed velvet blue seats. And I remember very vividly that the middle console had- That was a great seat. Dude, they had the flip out, like the, the, uh, the flip out. Ashtray in the middle. You press a button and it the would open. Seam, Yo, seam on like on velvet seats. That was like a real cushion in the back seat. Yo, that shit was banging. Yeah. But I will say though, <laughs> dude, just Newport hundreds in there, like to the gills. She had like the old school, like the case for the cigarettes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Smoked the with one the, that came built in the car, bro. She, yeah. dude, she lived to eighty five too. Very unbelievable. She lived to eighty five and smoked yeah. as much as she did. Yeah. All right, hold on. Next question. Let me get this ready. Well, who's the most famous person you ever met? Oh, man, I don't know. Have you ever met an athlete, like a pro athlete or anything like that? I got an in-person signature at a fucking warm-up from Allen Iverson when he wasn't signing shit. Okay, listen, that's it the was, most famous person you ever met. Was, it was un... It was like I could not... I could not believe. I could not grasp the fact that it was happening. Like, the power of what was around him. I mean, as he like walked up, grabbed the pen, did a card, Alan's, did a basketball. Alan was God going. to me as a kid, dude. I mean, dude, that's yeah. I met Brian yeah. Dawkins. Oh yeah, he seems like a really cool dude. I've heard him on the radio a bunch. Great story. How I met him. We were playing a show at Xfinity for uh, ninety-seven five The Fanatic. Yeah, and uh, he was like the speaker that day, and there was yeah. like twenty thousand people there. Yeah, and he was gonna talk on stage before we went on to play. Yeah, and I'm standing there with Ken, our bass player, and I'm like. I'm pretty drunk, and I yeah. look at Ken, and I was like, "I'm gonna cry if Dawkins walks over here." That's my all-time. That's my all-time yeah. favorite athlete. Yeah. And uh, he he Ken's just staring, and I like look to my right, and Brian Dawkins was standing shoulder to shoulder with me. No. By way. the way, he's an inch taller than me. He's like five eleven. Whoa. Built like a brick shit house, dude. Just fucking yoked. Yeah, he's and, he's wide as shit. So like, I. Like, he- I asked him, I said, yo, Mr. Dawkins, will you smash one of my guitars? <laughs> and he laughed. He was like, nah. He's like, nah. Oh, was that it? Was that it? You guys did something that was down at like Xfinity at some point. We did. It was 90. Right? It was 95. We've did. We've done a lot. But like, I mean. Yeah. Oh, we did. Uh, something like an MMR barbecue. Like, there, oh, we, we did the XPN Fest last year. We yeah. were doing the MMR barbecue this year. It got canceled. Yeah. Um, we did a Radio 104.5 block party there. Yeah. Um, ah, fuck, we've been everywhere, bro. Yeah, man, you guys are very active, dude. Bro, listen, AI Respect is a great pick. for real. I, I told you. AI was like, was nuts, man. My uncle, um, <laughs> my <laughs> uncle was the man and he used to get, and he'd hook it up. He's the man and he, what he used to get, uh, he would get tickets and take my like he he was on a rotation of people that do dental work oh sweet and he let me let me enter this story (laughs) because it's like yeah so when the sports teams like in philly when they need someone that's a surgeon that is there they they have people that are on call from all these different professions right and they give them tickets and all they do is just sit in the stands just in case something happens they are they are they can come down from the stands and notify somebody and access the player right so that they can diagnose what's going on you know 
uh, mouth injuries, all that type of stuff, I think fell under the dental stuff back then. I, you know, so I, your uncle just got hooked up. Yeah, well, it was him. It was. Uh, it's crazy, man. Like my family, my, my <laughs> family's got a lot of dental. There's a lot of <laughs> dental, dude. Yeah, there. <laughs> there's like there's a he, the yeah. Uh, two of my un- two of my uncles are in in dentistry, and uh, the the one got the tickets, and then split it up with the other one because the other one has the business so then it's like and we'll send it to one of our other friends too so you have to because we're not not one of us is going to go to every single game of course right so we split it up and uh i get you know go probably i don't know how many games are there in an nba season 80? 82 82 so you go they would split it up in like in in thirds or whatever i mean you're still getting like 10 to 15 yeah. games a year yeah but i mean dude it was just so great because it's like man brooke would just like he would Getting that invite was so huge to me because it was like it, w- the things that you see when you're a young person who yeah. loves basketball, like to see it in to go and to see in person, man, it is such a privilege, dude. It is such a privilege. We went to a know? lot of Phillies games, and I'm a diehard Sixers fan. Yeah, but we never went to Sixers games as kids. I don't know why. Dude. Oh man. Oh, I go now all the time. Okay, it's... so let me tell you some stuff about Iverson because I Please I, do. I, only, I only went to two games, but there was enough in those two games that I saw that was not on the camera cuz commercials were rolling or whatever was uh, yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he he uh he got the ball. He he stole the ball off the point guard who they were playing that night. I can't remember who it was. It's been a long time. <laughs> a long time. But <clears throat> never will forget this. He Taps the ball, ends up fouling the dude, but like taps it. It comes, they come down full spread, f- completely normal speed. The uh, the opposing team, they everybody gets lined up. The positions are going. There's a good flow that's happening in this moment that it happens. Iverson somehow knew, like footwork wise, that if he kicked at that moment, he kicked like almost into the ball from his foot to his hand like so fast sped down the court ref blows the whistle he turns around and like smiles coyly at the ref (laughs) and he bounced the ball directly in front of him and caught it two-handed like full full speed off one foot one foot so like he's a running the way that lebron dunks it was the speed he was doing this and for a dude that was six foot Six foot, right? I will yeah, also. He's listed as six foot. Okay, good. So you're gonna offend him. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's listen, I paused. I was like, For, wait, is he five eleven? Listen, no. He's the all time. He's the, what's the answer? Oh, he's the greatest. Oh, the plug. There we go. <laughs> he's the greatest pound for. If he was LeBron's size, he would. There would never be a player that could right. ever touch AI. Right. Yeah. He's, no he's doubt. The, he's the no best. Doubt. But no I, doubt. LeBron is completely right in saying that pound for pound, he's the greatest player. Like to ever play. Absolutely. It, it was like it it was like truly something else. When you I, use the when word I watch replays. Now. You use the word privilege. I feel privileged that I got to grow up watching Allen Iverson. Dude, because it was yes. it's it just yeah. a different le- I feel the same way about Brian Dawkins. I feel the same yeah. way about the 08 Phillies team. Like I feel that way. I feel a very personal connection to all this. And I mean, I, we've talked this on the podcast to to no end. I mean, when the Birds won the Super Bowl in 08 I, or in, in in 2017, I cried for 4 days. Yeah. Like I'm a diehard yeah, when just the Sixers lost 
when the Sixers didn't get to make it, I think, to the finals. Last year. Second, no, no, no. This is back in Iverson time. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. That was the last time I really watched basketball, like, super heavily. Yeah. Every single game of the home team, like, during the season, staying up late. Like, <laughs> this is me now as an adult. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, dude, I stayed up until I stayed up until midnight last night watching the uh, Sixers, Celtics, and then it was Denver and jazz yeah and and porzingis got thrown out like, yeah i saw that early for two technicals dude i and, dude the energy is is electric i love i love the bubble i think the way that they're the way they're like behaving as players is like dude this is like some it, it, the the sixers game felt to me at times like it was like dude that's some like Dennis Rodman, Garden, Pippen kind of fouling yeah, shit. I love it. I fucking it's love crazy, it. That, there's so much hatred in that rivalry too. Like there's but, so but much hatred. I mean, and then it rolls into Denver and they do the same exact thing. You I love. I, mean? I, I, I maybe it's the fact that we don't get to see this as much because we're distracted during normal games. Maybe by the fans. Maybe. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm out of my depth. I, like I said. fucking yeah. love NBA basketball. Well, Me too. That, one of my questions here is: pick a sport: baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Or it's basketball. Basketball? No doubt. Fuck yeah. No I'm a baseball doubt. guy through and through, but as far as my pro sports go, basketball and then football and baseball are tied 2A, 2B, and then I love yeah. hockey, but yeah. like I don't follow hockey that way. And I'm not coordinated enough to play baseball. I'm like, I really like basketball because I still enjoy playing it. I still enjoy getting better Fuck at yeah. playing. Like, you know, it's, it's such like, a great cardiovascular workout. It is. It's really intense, man. If you try to shoot like as many jumpers as you can inside of inside of ten minutes, you yeah. will surprise yourself with like how much you quit. Well, I mean, dude, you're doing it. And it's you're like, like I gotta it's go also longer. like boxing in the same way. You look at boxing and it doesn't look that cardiovascularly exhausting, right? Fucking throw your hands for three minutes in a row. Throw yeah. your hands for three dude, minutes. Boxing is nuts, man. I mean, the thing about boxing that really blew me away from a conditioning perspective is that. Uh, we can get into w what I do, but strictly for our conversation, I noticed that it really hardens you from like the shoulders up. Yeah. Like you realize how weak your neck is and how your shoulders don't, your shoulders and your armpits don't really create a cavity <coughs> for your organs to exist peacefully. Like we all slouch so bad. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you fucking wail on a heavy bag, you like, the it's a it's a very strange soreness and a, and a, a soreness that's immediate it's a fatigue i mean put your lack of oxygen like in the bloodstream if you're at thing, home you listen know? to this just take your fists and hold them next to your face for three minutes in a row yeah 100%. keep your guard up for three minutes in a row i mean yeah my fucking shoulders I mean, it's are the burning. reason why the beer stein holding <laughs> competitions are so are so, yeah i mean they're so common <laughs> they are very hard dude. yeah Matt, i did one one time one time, Max has been going to underground beer stein holding competitions. Dude, at the beer fest, man. I I only ever did one, but it was a blast. <laughs> it was it was uh, it, it was nuts. The uh, Oktoberfest in Denver, they Ooh. had like a staircase up to the top of this like false cardboard facade. Oh shit! That like a brewery, I forget who it was. Sounds it amazing. Was Sam, Sam Adams maybe built it, but they built this like almost playground-esque castle thing. So you go up on the top, and they run this program for hours and hours on end. <laughs> Keep that in mind. So there's just groups of people that are going up in fives, and they give each person uh, give each person two steins of beer. You are not allowed to drink that beer. You just got to hold it? Yeah, and you li and, and it's, it, the strategy immediately sets people apart. It's amazing how much differently we all like Can you imagine about, having to think about that? <laughs> 
I, like the, you know what I mean? Because that's really what it comes down to. Is like I have to hold this for a very very long time, and I, and it's like <laughs> you go in and you're like, I got this shit. You're like. <laughs> Going in like a peaceful warrior and just like standing there and it goes so fast. Did you win or did you lose? I think I came in like out of five people, I think I was like the the second or third person to go out. Bro, it, I quit so fast. Do you know what else is so another fast. interesting like thing? Like you don't much even think about strategy though, at that point. Bro, was, you ever fucking much alcohol. You ever do a push up contest? Yeah. You see the dude who... I do a lot of push-ups. So do I. You see yeah. the dude who starts the, the push-up contest, though, by just banging out 20 as fast as they can, and they just burn out. Yeah. You're not taking your time doing your reps. You're just banging it out. Yeah. The yeah. body dexterity to be able to do extremely fast, non-injury-inflicting uh, push-ups is insane. Oh, yeah. Like, the level of tightness was the the way that, like, the body mechanics, it's... It's mind-blowing seeing some of the shit that I've seen on, on social media. Like, people doing the ones where they bounce on their wrists. Oh, yeah. And they go, they put their arms down on the ground like that. I'm good, man. So I just bizarre. bang out normal push-ups. During quarantine, I would, like, legitimately, when the gyms were closed, I was trying to do, like, 200 push-ups a day. All I was doing was yeah. run. And I live in Maniac, so I'm running. Yeah. So I'm running the way down and walking the way back because yeah. it's all fucking hills. But yes. um, that was right. my favorite part about Maniac Man was the elevation difference. I hated it. I hate it. I fucking hate it, bro. Really? Yeah, I fucking oh, hate it. No, I hate. We have to agree to disagree. So. Good. This is what this is. <laughs> See, what do we talk about already? I don't mind the disagreement. Yeah, yeah. I hate no, Maniac Hills, do I, dude. No, I think it's <laughs> fucking hilarious. All right, yo, we got one more question, yeah. and then we're gonna move on into our overarching conversation, and okay. this leads into it actually. All right, word. If you. Could switch your discography with another person's. So basically, you take somebody's dis- discography because you wish you could have written those songs. Who would it be? Yeah, like who do I who do I wish that I could uh, reach the powers of? Yes, absolutely. That's that's the way I look at the question. It's like, um, man, this is a tough one. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for the dead air, but I no, I really have to think about it. He's thinking, guys. He's thinking. Mm. Is it odd that I would pick Prince? I really, uh, what an ama- what an incredible career! Like what an incredible uh, like roster upon roster upon roster of 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 um, incredible performances. And the reason I left would, people just like what I pick Prince too Backward. because he wrote hits for other people. Yep. He did you ever hear about the? I think it's called Originals. It's a record that came out after he died, but it was demo versions of most of the hits of the '80s that Prince actually wrote. Wow. So, like Manic no. Manic Monday by the Bangles, you know, just another. Yes. Man, he wrote that, and it's no actually way. him singing the song. Wow! Prince wrote for fucking everybody. Yeah. And to he me, did uh, Morris Day in the yeah, time. He, he dude, produced that entire record, played all the instruments. The fact it. that Prince gave us "Jungle Love" by Morris Day in the time is enough to already give him the give him the throne. I would pick Prince strictly on that because I, yeah. I just I respect one the cultural impact, two the 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 variations of Prince. You get yeah. super funk Prince, you get rock Prince, you get. Right. You know, soft '80s hits. Prince, you get yes. all the best, but then you also get other people's hits as well. Prince is my pick, and I, I kind of does that lead you in? What doesn't have to be one answer? It Dude, can be his more. First, his first album is so good. I want to be your lover. That's a that's a fucking banger right the there. The whole album though is like, oh, man. it's so well put so, together. Yeah, it's, it's so like, well put together. Yeah, yeah. People, because um, people probably think that Purple Rain was his first record. You know what I mean? People think about Purple Rain as like his onset, but yeah. the album with Prince. I've on done the, that to artists myself all the time. 
because of how how much mag, how many orders of magnitude one record can be in in recept in reception versus the other one that you actually end up enjoying more that you didn't know existed or you thought came after. Again, I mean that, know, that that that's chronologically. What I hope eventually people look back on our discography and they right. they, they start it from point A. Yeah. But I mean, Roots Too Deep was our first record, and yeah. I, it's funny because it's it's just going to be lost in time, I guess, but. Uh, Prince is definitely my my one. It's funny because I people would assume I would say Bruce Springsteen because he's my 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 hero. I just started listening to that one. What's uh shoot? What is it? The uh, Nebraska. Nebraska album. is his his demo bedroom album. Oh man, it's like yeah. I have I am like I have disliked his music. It's understandable. In the past yeah, in the past. But this entire like the record. My buddy put me onto it, um, and it's it, it really is like a, it's a moment in time yep. as a group of songs that he was searching for himself. Yep. They tried to replicate this record many times, failed many times. Can't do it. And then arrived at releasing the original tape recordings so that he, he made himself. So, and he, I was going to say, as as Bruce historian here, yeah. let me throw you a little background. So he made Born to Run and Darkness on the Edge of Town, which are two perfect records really back to back. Really good records, yeah. So he, yeah. he then, he moved on after that to do The River in, in 80 and then born okay. in the usa in 84 which were very more 80s production and more of this kind of lively pop side to him yeah and in yeah. before i think it was his way of getting out his essence before he went and did more commercial things right so yeah. he he was like let me get these fucking cowboy songs out of me these sad lonely johnny nine nine sitting on the side of the highway in yeah, the, the darkness one, kind of record what's the one with the state trooper yes yeah, state trooper Oh man! Great record, great fucking song, dude. Yeah, man. Nebraska, Nebraska is in itself. If you were to go through his discography, his biggest like fucking stick out, kind of like his. Although I will say after that, he went in like Tunnel Love and did this weird chintzy stuff like at the end of the eighties. But to me, like I Do you just like Philadelphia. I love Phil- like the song Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah, I fought it for a long time as as well as I fought Secret Garden because I fucking hate Secret Garden. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking of his like his movie songs. Yes. Um. Streets of Philadelphia grew on me. I think '80s Bruce grew on me as time went on. I like. I was. I always. I. I don't know. I mean. I. I think I felt the power of his music, like at a, at a young age. What made me feel the power of his music was like the the synths. He went through this like Peter Gabriel esque. I mean, period. I was gonna bring Peter Gabriel. It's like some of the most beautiful pad synth sounds, man. Especially in Streets of Philadelphia and the choir in the background. And yeah, everything. It's like. You feel the hell out of that song. Did Peter Gabriel influence you a lot? Because I get that when I hammer Peter Gabriel. No, I'm talking. I'm talking. Well, I guess that's so Peter Gabriel. So I'm fucking in your eyes, Peter Gabriel. Any Peter Gabriel? I, Genesis in general. Uh, Peter Gabriel and Bill Collins. <sighs> Thank you so much. <laughs> it was on the edge of your tongue. I own a DVD. <laughs> that's what I said. That's what it's in my mind. I was like, Can you I believe that those two DVD. motherfuckers were in the same band? It's it's absurd, and I mean, dude, I just discovered that Clapton and Jeff Beck. No, no, uh, you, well, yeah, Je- Je- uh, Jimmy Page. No, no, the the Allman the... Brothers. Hang on a second. I'm going through all of his bands right now. Steve Winwood. He... Thank you. Yep. Yes. Blind Faith. Damn, dude. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for knowing your stuff, dude. Uh, I was. Li- I literally went. I literally <laughs> I can went. Make my point now. I went through Yardbirds, yeah. which was Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, and Eric Clapton in the same band. So fuck them. Right. And then I went through um, Blind, Faith. Blind Faith. Is him and Steve Winwood. That's I'm, the one I'm on right now. 
is Blind Faith. Blind Faith is unbelievable. Can't find this, my way home. And Dude, have you heard the Bonnie Raitt version of that? No. That's what turned me on to him. Really? That, I went in completely backwards. See, like, I love... Totally... I appreciate talking to somebody that I can go deep into like musical history that isn't modern shit. Yeah. And I can throw a reference out there like Blind Faith and you'd say, do you know the Bonnie Raitt version? Because, dude, you're 27, 28. How old are you? I'm 31. You're 31. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. We're in the same, we're in the same fucking area right here. I'm 28. <laughs> so our age group, you don't think like, like, cause we, I was, I was born in 1991. Why the right. fuck should I know blind right. faith? Yeah. It's kind of like, and I'll bring this up cause I'm moving past the questions now. We're getting into, our, in, into music conversation now. Yeah. Um, I think about the generation, you see these people who do these like TikTok things where it's like, they, they somehow think it's like some form of social currency to not know songs from 15 years ago like they do yeah. that they do that thing where they're like i don't know this song and it's like akon and mm-hmm. i'm like when i was a kid i wanted to know everything yeah. i wanted to know every song i never wanted to be able to have a conversation with an adult right. that they threw out a reference and i didn't know what they were talking about even in yeah. this age people could be talking to me about bob seger and i'll go are you talking night moves bob seger are we talking about live bullet like what are we talking about and yes. in nashville I became so close with my producer Trace down there because he brought up references and I would be like that like you're talking like ES335 clapped in like fucking cream days and he's like how yeah. the fuck do you know who cream is and yeah. I was like don't test me dude right. don't fucking test me because I'll blow your mind yeah. like for you like I'm very interested in knowing where you came up with what you are because you make shit that I couldn't make I, I I envy that. And I said it, I said it already. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I said it to you before. I fucking hate you for having made steady because I'm very envious of that song. Let's start with this. Thanks, man. How much of the production do you do? Uh all of it. See, that's insane to me. You know, you don't have like an outside person that that helps you formulate this. You do this all yourself? Yeah. I, Fuck you. The well, it's not like <laughs> I have to think about. I could be wrong. I don't want to yeah, he's he gets a text tomorrow from his producer like Max. What about me, motherfucker? I'm just saying, like, from my perspective, I'm envious of the people who can create their own shit from a technical standpoint. Because I'll write a hundred songs and we'll make a hundred songs. Yeah. But you, if you put me behind a computer in front of Pro Tools or a board, it's it, I, I I have no idea what I'm doing because that side has never interests me. Mm-hmm. I need the more tangible stuff mm-hmm. to where I need pen to paper. Yeah, the idea which of, I do as well. I, it's just I mean, it's such a different that part of your the brain. First thing was the writ, was like written stuff. But it's such a different part School of your brain. How do you how do you manage like you? When did you know you could do that? Uh, it's I still don't like really know, man. That's a beautiful answer. The only the only way the only thing I try to do is just like forget about myself That's... and just channel like observe an idea like it's like a if you were to close your eyes yeah. and like summon an idea yeah. if you were to bring it to you so that you could see it you could like move it you could mold it you could change the shape but it's still the idea. Like that type of focus mentally, that's the only thing that I really try to do. That was like legitimately when I write music. It's the only thing I try to do. I never think at that level. I Re- Yes, you do. No, I don't. I, I guarantee every th- human being thinks at this level, but we can't it's hard for us to focus in on it enough times 
that it starts to become regularity. What Something what kind that of a you can kind of like <clears throat> zip yourself into? What kind of a clip do you write out? Are you are you a fast writer or do you do you really take your time? I I I I am definitely guilty of procrastinating in in waiting for like a genuine idea to come to me. Yeah. And while I procrastinate, I do very extreme things to make myself feel better because <laughs> I'm not making music because I can't right now or something, you know? Like I try to introduce different challenges in in my life because it truly makes me feel more confident as a person and it straightens my head out. That's fucking interesting. I think way too much, man. I don't so think at like, all. I So to answer your question, dude... I, it is, it is in being thoughtless that I want to be. I, that is. That's such a great answer. It's a moment. There is a moment of thoughtlessness. There's a moment. Sorry, I'm a little congested. I think, I see, but for me, like, the thought, the thoughtlessness aspect, (laughs) like, because I've met people who, who have the same kind of a process as you. Like, mine is so snap. Yeah. And I think. I also, I work as a songwriter too. So I work uh, with CSAC and I go to Nashville and LA and I'll write on Music Row. That is what I want to do. I mean, I, <laughs> I made the decision when I was, yeah, when I, as soon as I graduated yeah. college that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a freaking cool way to live, man. It's all, it's what I've done for free. It's what I've done for free my whole life. And yeah. now it's, but like, hold on. Here's a good, here's a good segue. Yeah. So we talked about this before the podcast and it's this idea of once you start monetizing off your creativity like there's a certain at least for me like a weirdness and i almost feel guilty for taking people's money because it's something i've always done and i don't know that i and this is a weird thing for me to say because i'm a a very confident human being but i have a weird complex to where like i almost feel like i don't deserve the money for doing what i did because i would do it for free because of imposter imposter syndrome syndrome. I, i just i just i just feel like if you dug deep enough into me, you'd find out that I really wasn't as good <laughs> or I didn't I wasn't as far along as you think I was. Yeah. Like it's like a like if you really did your due diligence, right. you'd be like, "Meh, he's okay." But like in in like the the business setting, not in the songwriting because I I've never been in a situation like with with sports with baseball, I always knew there was somebody better than me. I was going to work harder than everybody else, but like I knew there were people that were better than me. I've never been in, in in a musical scenario when I've been writing songs where I legitimately was around somebody where I was like that guy is a lot better than me. It's weird. I have I have a very odd uh I just think there's never been a situation that I can't handle when it comes to music. I really feel like it's like my fucking gift. Like wow. this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I appreciate you uh blessing me with this telling me this stuff it's it's so interesting like to hear it that way and it just means a ton man it's like the the i i have i really am hard on myself about about music about the way that i write like i i really i try to stay very on top of like making sure that i'm doing enough at all times you know what i'm saying it's so odd to hear you we say can that all become great you can become a great songwriter I believe, I don't think that I, I, this is, I want to divorce myself from the statement that I'm making. It's impossible, but it's like there, you can get good at matters of the heart by practicing them with the utmost honesty to self 
applying metrics to it. Yeah. Being diligent, like watering that garden, and you will start to grow in that direction. I have only just touched where I want. I I, I have not yet touched where I want to be with writing. Here's but what you I'll say. You can do that. It, you can separate the, the scientific from the stuff. You can attach the scientific to what it what like outside perspective versus inside creation. perspective here this is very odd because yeah. i want you to know how envious of your gifts that i am and is somebody it is an observer because we've well, become we've be, <laughs> we've become we've become friends now but i've always been an outside observer for the last few years of watching you and listening to your music and watching you do things and perform and yeah i've always been I'm amazed, like just being like, like, and I don't. I really I, appreciate that. I'm not an ass kisser. I'm really not. Like, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't. You wouldn't be here if, if, if I didn't think you were fucking talented. Like, I just like. I think with music, it's weird because I never, I don't ever feel like competition necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm competitive in the business, but as far as making music, I am like a childlike observer of others. In that, I'm just, I'm like, that person is so fucking gifted, and. I'm also hard on certain people because I'm like I don't I don't authentically buy what they're doing. Yeah, like that's not who they are. Right. And every time I listen to shit that you do, I'm I I'm, hate inauthenticity. It's my number one thing. I can fucking smell it on people from a mile away. Yeah. It is the gift that Northeast Philadelphia has given me as a human being. I can smell right. bullshit and inauthenticity uh, and yeah. inauthenticity in authenticity from a fucking mile away yeah. which is why i don't live in la which is why i don't live in nashville which is why i don't live in new york because motherfuckers around there and i'm not this is generalizing because i know a lot of good people who work out there but the scene people the anybody people, that does what we do yeah. this is for the audience anybody that does what we do has dozens of interactions that are sour yeah. because the person that you're talking to just happens to have completely wrong intentions like it, it's it's very it it's a very treacherous thing do you know how i can tell right away when i'm meeting people and like especially if i'm in like songwriting situations if within the first five minutes they start talk, like telling me how like bullshit things are like they come in with this negativity like oh the fucking industry's against me listen i don't want to fucking hear it because we're all in the same boat right if we get it, if we become friends and we start talking, yeah, I'll chop it up about the deficiencies of the music industry. Yeah. But like, from the jump, just be a human being, dude. You don't gotta fucking impress me with the fact that you've done this and then you aren't where you think you should be. Let's make music. There is a rift in the lives of I think more people than than it is not present. Yeah, than in which it is not present that. They experience this period of their life where they're just like, they're actually, you. there's a seething. Yeah, it's I agree with that. It's a terrible term. It's a really terrible term, but there's like a seething. Seething is a visual a word. seethingness about it because, you know, there it's it's moments of intense vulnerability. You know what I mean? Like that, like you, that you are going, doing music, it is, it's so amazing to have the experience of positively affecting other people's lives. It's the having best thing these, ever. Having these moments with people that you never talk to, yep. with people that talk to you after the show, with people you become friends with like you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and, and the their musicians if it doesn't happen within if it doesn't happen to them within the period of time 
that if we were to be super sterile about this, yeah. that we'd be like, I didn't make it before I was, uh, I don't feel good about where I'm at and I'm, I'm, I'm post 24 right now. You if I'm I mean? if I met twenty three year old Colin, everybody gets there. I'd punch him in his face. I punch him in his fucking face. The thing yeah. is, I just like I fall victim to that negativity still right now. I have day is just like a good day. That's how it works. It's never hit me, and the, I think the reason why is because I have a very irrational um, like acceptance yeah. that everything's gonna work out. Yeah, dude. I, that's I do me. Too. That's me. I, I do too. But I think I, it, too, yeah. I think that goes along with the fact that I never stop working. Nothing yeah. pisses me off more than when you hear people complain about not making it or not being where they want to be, but they also have one foot in, one foot out, or they're like, they're not the the workhorse. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it if you're not the workhorse. Well, I don't. It's more for me. It's more the the fact that I think it's like the proof is in the pudding with each and every single thing that comes out. Absolutely. So if I don't believe in it, like when I see it, if if it's not something that as a viewer. Not as a musician, but like as a viewer, you know, if it like if I feel like there's any 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 trepidation, it, it, if there which which exists, I don't know, man. I, this it makes me sound so judgmental to say it like this, and I hate that. I Max, hate it. I'm very like, I'm a very judgmental human in my own brain. You know what I mean? Like, aren't we all? <laughs> we are. I'm very. <laughs> listen, I'm my, judging the shit out of myself I, right now. I see. Yeah. I I I. I, I <laughs> This also goes along with the bullshit meter, where like uh, if I see, like the thing is if if like right away I see you and like I I can feel that you're like a fucking good dude or you're, you're like you're a hard worker or whatever I know right away we click. But if I can just smell that on you that you're the you're the oh like what like oh everybody's out to get me oh it's never gonna happen oh like we're only here fuck off dude right it's a journey it's a period of time also to get back to what i was saying that people are doing it and they don't know that they're doing it it feels like it's normal it happens all dude i did this i've done that before everybody does it how'd you get out how'd i get out of the spot how'd you get out of the spot um i just uh is it a put your I head down forced, and keep working thing? I forced myself to observe to I forced myself to achieve a higher standard in a, in something that is completely unadulterated by the media by anyone else in my life. Yeah. In my mind where my like spirit is at, where I want to be, like and how that aligns with where I want to be in my life and how I'm writing and everything like that. Um the it is truly the commitment that you make to it's gonna feel like shit man but i'm gonna do it today yeah i'm gonna like i feel this weird procrastination but i'm gonna do it today are you a routine person uh, i go back and forth between stuff but yeah for the most part like i like to i like to separate i i've found now that i i really like to separate Moments of creativity from moments of uh, deep, entranced, intense rehearsal on your instrument, on your voice, on your well-being. That those moments of like inner peace during extreme struggle. Yeah. Um, that 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 that's like an important thing to me. You know, it like it it's. It doesn't. Have, it's not everything about fitness, man. This is a mental. It's a mental thing. It's about. I go like to the gym. Well-being, I don't go to the gym you know? every day for a goal of like, I need to get this big or fucking get this lean. I go to the gym because 
I'm I'm extremely routine based. If I get thrown out of my routine, if I go to the gym. I feel amazing. I I have to do I it because it's part of earlier, my yes, exactly. I can go to bed later. I think it's part of the reason why I never stop working is because I have a very good routine and I, yeah. like I have the hardest time going on vacation. I'm that person. I, I don't, don't ever stop thinking about it either. I can't. Yeah. I I can't do it. And it was like. This was the quarantine was the first time ever where like I've been able to take my foot off the gas a little bit right. in my brain, mm -hmm. and uh, I've got to enjoy a few different vacations with my wife just to get down either the shore or just like fucking go away for a weekend and uh, actually not be on my phone or my laptop the whole time. Mm -hmm. Even on my honeymoon, swear to God, we were yeah. in France and Italy, and I'm on my phone texting my lawyer. I'm yeah. on my phone texting the band, telling them. Get your shit together. When I get home, I'm beating the shit out of you guys if you don't have this done. Yeah. And uh, I actually had somebody say to me, put your fucking phone, like text me, be like, put your fucking phone down, enjoy your honeymoon, and we'll work on it when you get back. Yeah, I And I you. think that to me I was, I really did. It was an unbelievable experience going to Italy. And I'm, let's I went there too. Did you? Where'd you go? Uh, we flew into um, <clears throat> Malpensa. Is that is that is that the Malpensa International? It's like in. Were you in, in Rome or were you in Florence? Italy. We flew into Milan. Oh, sweet! Rented a car and we drove and stopped in I think seven cities. Dude, that's from, awesome! From Milan to Pompeii. So you went all the way. Yeah, we ended. I think in I think Naples was where we ended. It was really cool because we were we were on this like hidden away like Harry Potter. <laughs> very busy public street. Oh, that's pretty dope, but though. To, like directly across this, like try, you know, a fork in this in this like road was a music school where we were staying, oh. and then there was like there was a building that ho that had other businesses in it, but very close in proximity. It was so ironic. Italy, like, the last place that we go to, that I'm like walking into the we're walking into the Airbnb, and I'm like. Is that a music school? That's a music <laughs> school. Like it like but like an Italian music school that I've never heard of that there was kids coming out coming out of that looked way different than me that like way lo looked way different than me when I was in college like yeah. they, just like completely different types of people and it was like it was just a beautiful thing kind of like sitting there and watching like watching that type of like student based enthusiasm and energy were you, know, you a music were you a music school kid yeah i went to uarts see i've never had training in anything yeah i i uarts was amazing man what oh man it was amazing. i just want to know can you also uh i don't want to use the word perfect pitch but can you hear it and play it or do you need to read it over the years it started to it started to sharpen up uh, I started playing saxophone right. when I was uh, nine. That was the first instrument. Drums um, when I was eight, guitar when I was nine. Yeah. Um, and uh, what were we talking about? Pitch. The it. I think it was like there you're in between third and fourth grade. That's when right. I started. Um, and I think sometime in early high school, I started um, – started – I was I was struggling to transcribe. I was struggling. Transcription is hearing something, writing it on paper right. by whatever way gets you to the staff. You, that is the that is the way that you do it. And I think it's like it's not. I'm not always looking into what schools are doing and stuff, but I have a feeling that it's not emphasized enough that like you truly 
do teach yourself the most valuable lessons of creativity for the better part of your life in music. You have moments, you have amazing teachers, you have things that help you to truly cast that iron silhouette of self in music. But it's that's very true. But it's like it, there you transcription transcription i think i had a good handle on it better than most have which was amazing to me i don't have i don't have perfect pitch man i never had perfect pitch um my pitch has gotten weird over the past couple years man because i've had there's been moments where it got away from me and i'm not talking about like uh like oh i hear an f sharp <laughs> like, and the note comes out. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about like when I play my instrument, I can't hear my tuning. That's odd. Like I'm getting so focused in on actually being able to hear and comprehend the waves, the waveforms that are happening inside of a sound, in sound inside of my voice, where you tune into one vibration that is not the note that you're playing. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you can hear it because of the acoustics of the space most of the time because of what is coming out of your instrument and it like it threw me for a loop dude because i think that it was almost a little bit of a taste of what it would be like to have perfect pitch because everything that i heard was going into my brain in a way that was in that was immediately dialed in to where the pitches were and the moment that something did not sound right that's me your ideas are gone bro yep, that's like, me see ya like you're you're out you are immediately when that happens you are out of the game you yep. can no longer create in a fluid way you you are not going to get the solo that you wanted that you were having before you thought about these types of things but you just slipped and now that your focus is gone you have to deal with the fact that it is really that quick. This is one in of the, the middle the, of an idea. It'll happen. You'll be like, eh, eh. now what it, you now what you you've know? just said and what you've described. This is one of my favorite. <clears throat> Slips this is, away, dude. This it's is like one of the sand. this is one of the most interesting conversations we ever had on this podcast because oh. what you're watching right now is two people who professionally do this that have completely opposite views. <laughs> yeah, and experiences <laughs> with with how to, to how to make music and i'll explain my 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 perspective i can't read music i can't read tabs yeah i can't write it down right i can hear it and i've never been i've never taken music i, I anything I, I my dad is was a blues musician awesome and taught me how to play by ear yeah he played by ear my Playing dad by ear is like it is the best that's what i do it is the best and i think when you're talking about your moments of like the the deep focus and the and the deep uh the emptiness i always am empty yeah because my dad always said it to me when i was a kid and looking back on it i really appreciate that he did yeah he he always said to me he's like you can learn to read music if you want to but in his opinion it took that is an amazing man right there it took the fluidity. To, you can learn to read music if you want to. Yeah, like that is that is wiz that is wisdom right there. But it, suggestive, mu but music, <laughs> suggestive wisdom. but music in our household between me and my dad, we were both gifted with this thing. And I I, yeah. I don't like to use the word perfect pitch because you just have really good pitch. I do. I don't know what yeah. the fuck it is. And yeah. and so to me, music is an absolutely mindless expression of self i have never 
I don't because I work pure. with I work pure. It's the in pure mindless. It is he the means pure. It is the pu- most yeah. pure version of me as a Got human it. being. Right. Anything that comes out of me, there's no deep thought behind. I work with William Shade. Will is your friend Bill on Instagram. S- squ- what up, Bill? I call him Squilliam Tentacles. Bill. So Squilly boy, um, <laughs> Squilly is very. He is of your of your ilk. He is very analytical. He reads. Hmm. He's very well trained. He's fucking. He has the background. Will is my. I like to put it this way: If I'm the CEO, Will's my numbers guy. Will That's is my. Great, if I say Will will say we're gonna break this down. We're gonna arpeggio this. Yeah. We're gonna fucking blah yeah. blah 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 blah. And uh, I was put in that situation once, and I failed miserably. What the no thing one is, liked me afterwards. <laughs> I I just like. I think I can work with so many people because I can acquiesce to their situation. I think it's hard for people who aren't actually it's either really hard or they really enjoy the prospect of working with how I work because to them it's almost like stepping out of a corporate environment and going and working in construction because there's not it's there's no there's well, not you're a, non-competitive is what you're saying in creating stuff like you 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 got to compete within yourself. I am the absolute most competitive human being <laughs> on dude, earth. Same way, it's awful. I'm no, it's I, awful. I thrive. I thrive on it. I. But what I'm saying is, when I like the competitiveness side, is when I like something, that side of me goes away to where I don't. I don't yes. try and compete with that. But like, if you're talking yes. about you put me and you say those ten bands over there and you are going for the same thing, right? I'll gut you because I think that we're that much better. Yep. And but to me, I'm very competitive. But when it comes, if yes. you if you meet me right, yeah. and I'm in an a thing, if I'm in my house right, yeah. or we're out to the bar, uh-huh. I am the most laid back human being alive. My wife is much more of the um, she's more of a stickler. She's on top of things. She's a scheduler. Right. If you meet me in a music setting, like a business setting, yeah, you think I'm a fucking lunatic because I am so on top of everything except for the creation side. Like hmm. business side, everything, creation side, it's water. It's it's fucking water. It's it's not math. It's water to me. It just comes out. And but also, you do it to clarify. Yeah, you do it very well. Like Thank you. you feel good, and you feel good about what you do. I, I, I never feel better. But I, I, you know what? I liked what you said, dude. And I and I'm so sorry that I'm interrupting. No, you. I appreciate this is a conversation. When you were saying that, like, when you like truly love something, yeah. You're not even thinking of a, of anything else. Nope. You're not thi- like when you are all of your all of your like megalomaniac nature. Yes. It's not even allowed in this like spot. No. When when you're in it, and it it I I want that is what I want. I want I want to feel that moment perpetually. For eternity, and if it means that I, if it if it does not bring me money, I do not fucking care. I do not. I will go poor. I will like. What's well, the conversation a, we were having? It's yeah, it's man, the like, idea of like we are resourceful people. I we see are. You as a very resourceful person. Sorry to make that like presumption, but I think I'm fucking. Accurate. No, let me tell you something. Yeah. Look, I I come from. I once again I don't want to like talk about my family life, but no, I, I get you. I don't come from shit. Yeah, and uh, but like I will say this though, 
I think having someone in your life, like your girlfriend, my wife, who my wife is a nine to fiver. She is. A, she works in an office and she thinks about things very um, practically. She's very me too. Yeah, it's very odd to marry somebody you. like me. Yeah, who. I have big plans and big goals that don't yeah. necessarily conform to yes. like if you're a nine to fiver. Super chill, absolutely fucking insane. So like th- this is so this is the thing. Together, the thing people. is though, if you were yeah. to, if you were to meet me, <laughs> not like, one person, two people, one is super chill, <laughs> one is fucking nuts. If dude. you were to meet me, and it works great. And we were having a conversation. Ninety percent of the time, it's going to be sports. Yes. And if you didn't know me, right, and then you right. could say to me. Dude, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, I'm a songwriter and a musician. You'd be like, I did not peg you for that. Yeah. That's what I am. And yes. I'm a multifaceted human being. But I, w- I will say to the wife thing, like, Dana has always refocused my, not her specifically, my love and my commitment to her and wanting to give her the life she deserves mm-hmm. is what drives me on the business side to say, yes. we are going to be the Biggest fucking band in the world, and we are going to give her everything she deserves. Because I don't know that I have the drive and the want to do the money business side without that. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And that that was really hard for me at first because that was a side of me I had to fight. And then when I finally was just like, let's fucking do this shit. Yeah. Gratifying, bro. Gratifying. Yeah. There's, it's very hard to go. I think we, we all realize it at different times when you go into music that like, there's a point that you get to where you're like, oh man, I, it's, I hate to call it like taking it seriously because you can't take it seriously. I know what you're talking about though. You have to reach a point of like, you have, you have to reach a point of like individual flow within these opportunities and these things that you can create for yourself in your life without it being like a deliberate act of ego agreed you know what i mean definitely i know exactly that, what you it's mean it's a very yeah, that was a very powerful like realization for me that like it's like oh you know the <clears throat> it's it it's really it's important to like work hard to to play really good shows yep to perform really good shows yep to be placed on to really good shows yep. whole, there's a whole other thing right there but the the it really you have to get some insane reps man like reps are everything sports like, reference ladies and gentlemen fucking reps, practice makes perfect dude you, but to even get closer to the point you need to get reps at like being in a very specific moment of which there are 50 different kinds of it when you're performing yeah, and recognizing it and then having the opportunity to change your ways in like things that are like distracting or like where that things that take you out of the element like dude just performing with a microphone alone yeah you look ridiculous <laughs> if you're doing it with a cord with a c- disconnected mic in a room yep but like whether you like it or not if you learn how to operate that instrument of which you're of of whose presence you were completely unaware you will be more you you will use that fucking avenue that thing you never knew like i got a 
I got a mic right here, or I'm a stand-up comedian, and I'm gonna start using a cup. I'm gonna <laughs> for a for a year. I'm gonna use a cup and see if it affects my my motion. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna master this fucking cup, man, because I want people. To, I I want to be able to flow without distraction, without any type of self-esteem issues. Shit that I did when I was in sixth grade that comes back into my mind at that very moment. <laughs> like all like. Dude, that holding a microphone will mess you up. Bro, it actually what? will it will level you. Like you will go you will go completely soft on the journey that you were well on your way to before you let that thing penetrate your fucking mind. Your analytical side you cannot do that. Your analytical side like I mean this in an extremely complimentary way because I love to speak to people who have different perspectives. Right. Blows my mind because you're like. I'm so sorry to hear you say that. No, because <laughs> it, it makes me feel like I'm soulless. No, 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 no. You know when you go deep like that. No, thinking about it. You know, I, I just, I kind of sometimes wish that I did that more. And because for me, I'm more of a, even like when I look at my heroes of people that I kind of model myself after. Yeah, I've noticed this more and more throughout my life. I am, I am attracted to the run through a brick wall, try super hard, make something of yourself guy. Yes. Like, uh, sp- of try course, very hard. Springsteen is my all-time hero and because I think it's a lot of it is the the fucking, the hometown hero Absolutely. makes it big and j- is a run through a brick wall, play for four hours, sweat, go to the bar and tip the waitress $500 just because he's a nice guy kind of a guy. And then we'll fucking fight you. Yeah, I'll fucking fight your hero, <laughs> Legitimately, dude. we'll fight you. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I'll fuck. yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> I'll fucking fight your in dad, dude. Way, in a great way. You're not crazy. And so, hold on. So another, like, like, I love Tim Tebow. And oh, it makes man, no fucking, this whole time. it makes no fucking sense that I love Tim Tebow. Right. But I love him because yeah. he just, he wasn't the most talented guy. He was the hardest worker in the room. Right. I've always been attracted to that. I've never been like a fucking like, and maybe I'm just realizing this now. Yeah, I'm not a second level thinker when it comes to music. It just it, it's always come so second nature that it's never been like a. I've never had to sit down and and think about my process that deeply because it's just such. It's a part of it's. It's not even a part of me. It is me. Are you doing that right now? Are it, you striving to do that right now? Striving what? Striving for to do that to be to. Are you striving to become? Um, like more equal in your like flow state, non-flow state. No mind. No. Like are are you? I and shamefully no. There's there's a lot of things in this industry that I've watched myself grow into, yeah. and also actively worked on it. Right. I think one thing that I've always struggled with is my idea of loyalty because I'm overly loyal. And I'll oh, hold on to it. Re- similar, dude. There's got to be something about the area, man. No, absolutely. I, like this. It's fi- It's the Philly area. And yeah. I'll say this too because if you go to a place like LA or Nashville, which I've spent time in, right. they don't have that because mm-hmm. it's a different. I don't think it's a value base, but I think when you wind up moving to these places and you you need to be a part of that scene. Mm-hmm. Y- you kind of have this idea in your mind you've got to be cutthroat and the next person could be the person who actually helps you out. To me, and I've been interviewed about this before, people saying like, you know, why why have you stayed in Philly? Because I got no interest in, I don't want to go somewhere and be a part of something that's bottled up. I I don't want to go there and, and be like, oh, I hopped on that scene in LA. I want to take the people that I've been growing with. Yeah. 
my fucking me. friends. I'm gonna my, take them with me. My family. Yeah. I want to create something, and yes. I I got the I got the fucking balls and the work ethic to do it. Yeah. I don't need the. I don't need the. I also don't need the validation of being able to go to my friends and family and saying like, "Oh, I moved to Nashville and now I'm down there." Yes, I think that was a large part of when I was 25 saying, "Dane, we should move to Nashville." Because yeah. in my brain, I was like, "It'd be so much easier for me to justify the music side of me if I live there." Because yeah. then it's like, "Oh, Budney's down there doing that." Right. What I've gotten, I've gotten so much more respect, and people understand it so much more. I had it was a conscious moment in the band where we said fuck that shit. Yeah. We said fuck that shit. We're going back to Philly. Yeah. And we're going to make these motherfuckers come to us. And that moment happened. What was that what, like <clears throat> what was the Nashville experience like for you? It's still ingrained in me because before COVID I was still go I'm still going there. Like I still I for like songwriting. Yes. But and, what about the band? Like what about like your guys? What we did when career? we went when we went down there, we were now, once again, I'm young. I'm 28, but like I'm saying, I yeah. was young, young. I was this was 2015, 2016. So I was right. 23, 24, uh-huh. and all I wanted was to be able to prove myself to everybody around me and say like I can make it down there. Watch that shit. Yes. And uh, what I quickly learned when I went down there, I have friends down there that are friends for life. I have people that I work with yeah. who I have producers that have flown up to Philly to help us finish the new record. Right. <clears throat> because yeah. it's still a very That's strong great. working environment, but. Yeah. It's not me. It's not who we are. And we learned that. And if you listen huh. to our first record, it doesn't sound like us. It sounds like we were trying to kind of do the Nashville thing in a certain perspective. Mm. And then we had a moment where we we were actually on a lawn in East Nashville at the end yeah. of a tour. Right. And I looked at everybody and I was like, I'm calling Dave. Dave Pettit is a producer of ours. He's from Philly, but he yeah. works out in New York. Right. And so I'm calling Dave as soon as we get home. Fuck this shit. We're making a. We're, you guys we're, were that tired of it. It's not tired of it. it. It's kind of like a. But it wasn't the travel you're saying. No, not like at all. The music. It's the. It's the soul. It's the soul. It's. Yeah. It's the. I think when you're from here, there's such a commitment to being who you are. I just don't have. I don't have a fucking fake bone in my body. Yeah. I can't do. I can't do the fake shit. I can't yeah. do it. And this is once again. I love Nashville, Tennessee. I love it. It's Me my. Too. It's my second home. I've been there. It's a really beautiful place. Tennessee's got crazy state park game, dude. Dude, like they've got. I think there's like 21 in the state. You need to become be friends with be with our photographer Dylan Edinger. Okay, I don't know if you know Dill. I've seen his pictures. They're extremely sick. You would love Dylan. Yeah, Dylan. Dylan's cool, a state man. park esque guy. I'm going to introduce you to Dylan. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying about Nashville is, and this is not Nashville. I think this is any industry city. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like the idea of living there. I don't. I I crave. A family connection. I crave right. my I crave my friends, people that know me for me, and it's not just about the music. You know yeah. what I mean? Even in the band. Completely, dude. Me and Ken, yeah. me and Ken became friends in college just from living in dorm rooms next to each other. Right. Me and Eric are blood cousins who lived around the corner from each other growing up. That's amazing. It, to have that type of presence for that long in your life is like... It really is an amazing thing when those things can align with your friends, man. I also People that can reflect like old versions of yourself back at you to like help le- straighten things out that you're battling in your mind. The moment when I really knew that I was doing the right thing, though, and I, yeah. I've told this story never on the podcast, but I've told this story before. We opened for Bon Jovi at Wells Fargo Center. How was that? 
fucking unbelievable. Yeah. It's like jumping out of an airplane. Yeah. Um, did you wear a leather jacket? Fucking right I did, baby. Fucking right. Fucking right I did, baby. If I was going to go up there and meet <laughs> Mr. John Bon Jovi, I was wearing full-on leather, Hell dog. yeah. I wonder how he's doing. I think he's so... I wonder... Is he still in the company? Oh, the soul? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him. I'm talking. I am like sure he's asshole. doing my boy, my boy, my boy John. Um, yeah. But so after the show, right? It's a, it's a water shark, water mark moment in your life. I've been going to see Flyers games, Sixers games, fucking concerts yeah. at the Wells Fargo Center forever. Right. And uh, it was like four o'clock in the morning. We got into bed, me and my, me, and, then girlfriend, now wife. And she looked at me and she said, "Hey," and I was like, "Sup?" And I thought she was gonna say something like, "I'm proud of you," yeah. or that, that was amazing, whatever. Right. She said. Are you going to take the fucking trash out or what's the deal here? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's an amazing thing. And Hell yeah, man. Do you know wow, what I, I did? That. Good. I went, what? Yeah, I got you. I'll take it out. Yeah. That is what I crave. Yeah. I crave, I crave realness. I crave, I don't, I don't, we're just humans. Like, I, I, I don't like the idea of art being separated from life and that you need to fulfill this kind of like fucking fantasy. It's not. Right. You can be a dude whose boys are all union workers and you just happen to be a musician. It's a fucking job. Yeah. It's it's my career. Right. I'm not this I don't I'm never gonna be the dude who's like walking around in fucking sunglasses in an open shirt. Like the dude who's like trying to get you to do DMT. Right. Like yeah. I'm the dude who's walking around in a Sixers jersey. <laughs> that guy. And I'm and I, and I'm <laughs> like to me, I'm just about realness, and I can smell it on you from a fucking mile away. I appreciate that, man. That's what I'm saying. Like I can yeah. smell it on you from a mile away. And yeah. like it's just to me, I was so interested what was going to come out of our conversation yeah. because I've, I've in a weird way always had a mental picture of you as being a fucking, you are a genius, and I want you to know I really do think of you as a genius. Like I like, don't say that you're going to be uh, thinking about I'm this later sorry, tonight, man. I'm being a, like, I no, end up being an asshole. No, I, I, no, I, I appreciate your humility, but like, yeah. I've all I've admired you from an outside perspective, and then to get to talk to you. The difference in the creative process or the way we think about music is so interesting because it all comes out the same way, but the way we get there is so different. Yeah, it's I mean, I think amazing. what what have you been uh, what have you been doing during you know shutdown and yeah distancing and stuff and following those guidelines? Like, what have you been doing music wise? The same shit I was doing before. Mm. We talked about being resourceful earlier, right? Yeah. The second it happened, we I said in the group, I don't give a fuck what we have to do. Nobody stole, nobody is slow in the roll. Nobody's slow in the momentum. A goddamn thing does not change. Yeah. And we did it socially distant. Yeah. We talked about this before the podcast, but the creative role that I got on when I like to have my back against the wall. I love yeah. to I like pressure. I I love I love being pushed out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And when things changed, yeah. I'd never done this before. And this is once again going back to my technical uh uh what's the word I'm looking for? My technical illiteracy. Yeah. I knew I had to teach myself to create at home. Right. We have a third bedroom that we don't use. Yeah. And we turned it into an office for my wife during a day in a studio for me at night. Yeah. And our songwriting process grew so much during this yeah. because it generally is built in a room. We go to a rehearsal studio, we kick around, and like it's seven people shouting over each over each other. Yeah, we've changed our process forever now. Right to where we have conversation and then we do things on our own, send files around. Yeah, I thank God. And this is so fucked, so fucking backwards for this pause in our lives mm -hmm. because I've learned so much. Yeah. 
And it's a heavy thought. It really is. Because I don't know where my life would go from here if I hadn't had this opportunity to slow down yeah. and focus. Yeah. And I think I'll look back on this period of time in my life as a turning point. Me too. It, has the experience been similar for you? Yeah, it's been... It's been We've all kind of been dealing with this in, in in different ways, but we're all struggling over the same shit. Yeah, agreed. And the way that I dealt with the period in time, because there, for those first couple weeks, it truly was like shows were getting canceled, stuff was going completely down the tubes. Yep. And I frankly... I minded it because of the finance, of course, and I, and I might, but I, I, it bothered me also the fact that first and foremost that the the shows that I was doing, the shows that I was booked to do, um, <clears throat> allegedly, <laughs> <laughs> the the stuff that I was, the stuff that I, you know, that I've been working working on things like that it has come an extreme distance during in a very short period of time which is like something of a watershed moment for sure but kind of something that i've always been like striving to get into from like a mental creative standpoint and i think that like I keep saying like too much, and it's diluting my message. Do you know? Uh, do you know? What, do you know what my? <laughs> no, because no, we all have. No, we all have a podcast word. Yours is like. Yeah, you know, yeah. mine is. I go. Uh, yeah. So, so when I edit podcasts, uh, I go. I go. Yeah, it'll be like. Or like. It. I always go like this <laughs> because my mind moves faster than my mouth. So yeah. I'll, I'll be like. I'll be like. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. have to edit out the us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad we're. we're the, it's to get back to it. The my. I've always, I, it's been really, really just, um, it's just been, I don't, I don't want to acknowledge that it's been like really amazing because I don't really want to change anything about who I am or what I'm doing right now. Right. For the first time in a very, very long time, I feel like myself and I, and the, the amount of work that has gotten done just is a testament to the fact that I think I'm like starting to kind of vibrate on the level um and and to or or to at least have a type of a grasp on like centering in on who I want to be um through my music who I want to be yeah. like who I how it is not analytical it is not something that I I like have it only comes with time dude that's like, that the, is the very very poignant thing to say and it just so happens um that i spent a lot of that time making music you know and and the, as it should it, yeah i love it that way it was wonderful to get into a position i really i unplugged i um like i i browse instagram still fairly regularly because yeah. i i truly enjoy instagram like i i like instagram for the reason I'm that it's trying to, yeah i'm not trying to make it sound like a press conference no no like, no i truly uh, i appreciate their algorithm and i've curated my own like, <laughs> my, my yeah, don't be a, you're not a fucking influencer are you bro uh, no, no i i no. like instagram i had this con no, i had man. this conversation Hell yesterday no. about the reason i like instagram it's the least combative form of social media yeah I just look at things. I'm an idiot. I'm like I'm like a like a cat looking at a shiny thing. Like, right. I just like to swipe. Right. I don't like Twitter because Twitter's very 
combative and everybody's trying to fucking tell you something at all points of yeah. time see i i pay zero fucking attention to anything except instagram good I, that's the I, way I, it should be it's been like that i've been like that for probably i mean honestly a few months after the like beginnings of instagram i basically was just about that as being somewhere that i went for entertainment that's pretty much all it is for me you know but the i i just i unplugged completely um that's I, the way to and, go man and it was like it was nice to be able to just not care about it was nice to be able to focus in strictly on what i care about most like i just i really like just want to play shows make money doing music so that i can only isolate myself yeah and create constantly i don't need a massive studio man i want like a nice setting I'm cool with the living room. Yeah. I'm cool with like a patio if it doesn't rain and the humidity is exactly <laughs> fucking perfect. You got to move to Arizona, it's bro. Not, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but the, the, <clears throat> it's just kind of like the, <clears throat> the, the time has given me, it, it's giving, it's given me many opportunities. It's, given, it's the first time in a long time where I've had an opportunity every single day one after another after another after another after another where it's like i wake up what am i gonna do today i wake up what am i gonna do today it's hey motherfucker like what happens if i wake up today before 9 a.m and i bust my fucking ass on some music and i operate my world like i'm welcoming a muse something welcoming the like the higher intuition of like self to be able to create music that can fucking speak to people that flows out of me like tears. See, that you is the fucking like me and you in that that's perspective. All that I that's all I ever fucking work towards, man. I sound so analytical. No, a, that's it, what it is. It, you sound you know, more analytical than you are. Yeah, man. It's like it. Th so this time has been fucking man. Like I'm I'm so lucky to to not have to to have not wait wavered man i don't know what it was dude I, and i don't care to know what it is i still feel that way right now yeah and i'm going out from here on out and i'm getting my fucking shit my fucking know, man because i know because it, i i and that's not in any way shape or form at the lesser opportunity of other people yeah or at the misfortune of others i'm gonna get my shit and fuck these people i'm not that guy i know that I am a I I am a better collected version. I have done a lot of work on myself. Like I have made a lot, I have fallen into a lot of pits in my life. I have fallen, I've I have I have wavered many times. This has been an amazing experience of having an entire day to actually determine do you have discipline? Like, yeah. are you really fucking trying, man? Yeah. Because I got a good feeling that you're probably letting it slide. Has there and been times that you're and, and you're just happening to right now be really, really sad because you think you fucking suck and you don't think there's anything that you can do for yourself in your life. And that is complete and absolute fucking 100% grade A motherfucking horse shit. Yeah. Like 100%. Like you, anybody that listens to this has to believe that because that is, 
that is like the true essence of self. Not that if you want things, you can go and get it. It's not some type of like spiritual capitalism. Yeah. Because it sounds a lot like that. Yeah. But it's like you're... You can feel great every day. Fact. You are entirely capable of of making it for yourself, not having things. Oftentimes it is a lot of having things. Yeah. But it's not about that right now in this moment with what I'm saying. It's yeah. about the fact that you are you are when you are your best version of yourself, you do not care about what other people think. You do not care about if somebody's doing some 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 beatings on another person, like you're gonna, you're obviously go, you're gonna respond the same way. It's not a change of heart like that, right? It's a change of heart of like truly tuning yourself up, and and I just, I feel like I've had the opportunity to kind of just like go back, not go back to school in the way that I'm like researching, but I went back to school in a way that like I created and forced myself even if i didn't have a routine to just be in the room like be in there for like a 4 be in there for like a 6 yeah. and sometimes you really can juice that shit up and you can go from an 11 one day to a 13 the next and then take a take take a breather until you know the next evening but it's like the, that that's like some marathon stuff that you, that we are not doing as people like w with things that we love with things that we care about we i get discouraged at the fact that i get discouraged all the time man like the worst thing for me is the fact that i'm just like fuck man like i don't sound the way i used to sound Max, that's insane that's insane to me i know i know it's insane i know it's insane but like dude the, it, and and this is all for sake of the point is the fact that you feel believe it or not more often than not, I find that in my life that when I'm having some like really manic response to something that's happening, yeah, it hurts people's feelings to tell them that they're doing it to themselves. And we're talking about creativity, not life. Yeah, no, but absolutely. It it the it is um. It's hard to stay in that. Mo it's just it's it's a. I'm getting at something. To, to, this is what this is what it is. It's the fact that when you feel shitty about something that you're really passionate about, you know, like it could be anything. Man. Yeah. When I feel shitty about it, and I sit there and I really think about it, I get lucky every once in a while, and I actually have the ability to face my own things that I could be doing a better job at in like in uh, stuff that is directly involved in like creating and writing and doing something like that and like i could recommend you a bunch of books please do but the real matter is just that you're you are causing a lot of the the procrastination can be overcome man it's, it's all it's all bullshit and like believe it or not but like people you know some people say like you know it's like you can burn yourself out and you can do that type of stuff it's like i don't believe in that I believe in it in the sense that if you're doing something that you don't really entirely believe in, then fuck yeah. You're yeah, then you're going to burn yourself and out. You might get really upset because you didn't know that it was something that was going to burn you out because you didn't know that you didn't like it yet or you didn't know that you didn't agree with it yet. So that is the stuff that burns you out. But when you are really trying to work on yourself and you have those moments where like, man, I can't, 
I haven't made anything in a long time or like, you know, man, the, all you know, stuff that is any, any, any negativity that's re related to creativity can all be dispelled with the fact that it's like, no, no, like you're just not, you're not giving yourself time to get occupied by another idea. Yeah. You're not giving yourself time to be inspired. You're not giving yourself, and it's not, you're not sitting there being, it's not as if what I'm painting is a cartoon of somebody sitting in a room being like, Where's the inspiration? <laughs> I'm just gonna wait here for it. It gets here. Oh, you gotta live life to get inspired, but it's like, man. Dude, you really um there's a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I've seen that. It's amazing. It's yeah. really good. Really good. Um and I just what he says about the muse is a lot of the things that I've kind of been uh basically agreeing with indirectly throughout the course of this whole diatribe about you know, becoming your best self and all that. But like, if I, if I don't give myself the opportunity to like have shitty days where it's just like, you know, it doesn't really matter, man. Like I'm just going to musically shoot. I'm going to shoot jump shots until I have an idea yeah. of something. I'm going to musically do it. Yeah. You know, metaphorically, sorry, I'm getting really heady with this. No, shit, no, 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 like, no, no, no. You, you can get away and you can get to that point of freedom of, of creativity. You have to have the time to do it. And I know that we all don't have the time to do it. We My do point. now. I, I do. Have, I do have a question on that. Yeah. Are you. When you're creating. It's a two point question. OK. Are you a frequent collaborator? Do you work with a lot of people? And the other question is. Nope. You're not. See, I, I, I. I wasn't, and now I work. I work with a yeah. I work with a lot of people, but like all right. So my, you, you my are, original stuff. I don't like yeah. I for my own stuff. My stuff is mostly like a product of like things that I am. It's like, it, I don't know, man. It's it, it's hard to describe like the way that I feel about like creating. But really, what matters is that it's not. I write. I write with. I write with AIM, like I work, um, work with a number of people on a constant basis. But yeah. On my own content, just so I can be super specific about this, it's like I. This is the stuff that I really, I really dwell on. Right. I spend an insane amount of time doing things that take other people way, way less time. Of that, I'm sure. To yeah. get to the result that I'm trying to get, I'm I, I'm getting that from you that you when that I chip you ideas down like for, all right. So for me, from the way we work and yeah, and this is me as a songwriter, and this is me with Foxtrot. Yeah, I started out as very much like a I'm in a collective of other people, but yeah. I write the songs. So yes, what is going to come out of this is going to be my fucking voice. Yep. You know when everything started to change and everything got better was when. Jimmy, our drummer, joined the band. Jimmy was the first person to ever check me and mm -hmm. say, you can do better like this. Now? If people are going to check you or if you're going to check other people, really, is the way that I should say yeah. it. You got to be really careful because if you miss, you only got a couple. Here's the thing, though. Fucking, it, you this has you a start losing your, your trust. But this has a lot to do with the fact that Jimmy is a neighborhood guy. Jimmy's Jimmy's yeah. uh Jimmy's a fish town dude. I'm from right. Northeast Philly. Right. And when Jimmy will look me in the eyes and say, We can do better than that. Yeah. Before then, if you like if yeah. you told me in 2015 you did that to me, right. I'd shut down. Yeah. You tell me that in 2020, and I'll say, Okay, then what are we gonna do? Yeah. Can we have a call about this? Can we go to the studio? Right. Now, 
as opposed to how it used to be, I have, I'm going to run down my checklist of people that I send songs to before we get into the studio to cut them, to to pick my shit apart. Mm -hmm. Erica, Jimmy, Ken, Will, Shane, Eric, Eric Bogax, Alex Santilli, Dave Pettit, Trey Sasser, Charlie Chamberlain. You know Eric Bogax? Yeah, that's Sophic. Yeah, it's Sophic, please. Yes. Yeah, it's our fucking engineer. He actually produces for us now. <laughs> oh, man, I tiptoed into that one. Yeah. What up? <laughs> He's a fucking great guy. <laughs> my, my thing is, I've gotten so much more open with the way that I write. Right. That it's, once again, I think this has more to do with the, like, I've seen so much change in myself as a songwriter in a positive way in the, when I let go of ego, when I said, I don't know everything. I'm really fucking good at this. Yeah. But my best results have always come from opening opinion. And especially yeah. when Jimmy and Will joined. And when Will joined, a, a different part of my brain got opened up because Will is so fucking intelligent. And it's someone who, like, I will always take into consideration. Yeah. But Erica, who is the other vocalist in the band, started out very timid in bringing her opinion in. Right. Now... Erica will look you in the eyes and say, you can't sing that part, but I sure as fuck can. And if you told me in 2015, I'd shut down. You tell me today, and I'm like, you know what? You're probably right about that. When that ego died, when it it stopped becoming the Colin show, and it started to become the Foxtrot show, everything opened up. And when I, like, this also comes back to the fact that I have deficiencies in putting things together. Like we were talking about um like recording and shit like that. I have deficiencies there to where I can't do it myself. Right. And when I opened it up, the whole I just needed to experience that. I needed to experience a differential in 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 viewpoints and it's such a different process for me now. Yeah. And I look back could you look at yourself five years ago and see what you're doing now and and ever think to yourself, I probably punched that person in the face. I think I made a lot more mistakes in the past five years than I thought I was going to make. That's that a good much, thing, though. That much I'll say. That's a it good is thing. Absolutely though. a good. It is absolutely a good thing. No, I don't. I would punch myself in the face five years ago. In my well, it's been this like kind of everything I'm doing right now has been really like. It was like a very very slow build up. Not because of shows or fans right. or whatever. Um, but like the the music has been a longer span of five years. Like, dude, ten years ago? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I I'd have a lot of disagreements with myself. I'm a different I'm a completely different person now. Right. Um It's been like a... I have learned so much from the mistakes that I've made. Of course, I've, man. I've also learned so much from the things that I've been fortunate to achieve. Yes. And for the things that that I will continue to work at um, moving moving forward. But I five years ago was, kind, was really was like a really fun, more fun time for me. You know what I mean? Like in than somebody that I would punch in the face. I was I I was really lucky man to have friends that I met through doing music and like that 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 owned studio owned a studio um and 
I got to go in there. They gave it to me for super cheap, and I just got to make a bunch of stuff. See, that's dope. Like, and that that was like that was something that it greatly helped me to grow as a musician. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was, however, when I was, you know, seven, eight, seven, eight, nine years ago, at that time in my life, like I. I don't know how I didn't like look at things in a more in a more realistic way that I could tangibly understand and like actually try to do correctly. Yeah. You fuck up. We all fuck up like crazy all the time. It's like really all that you learn from well, yeah. is your mistakes. I think you when know? I say the that the biggest lessons, the hardest ones to get the hardest ones to contend with, the when hardest I say, ones to come to agreement with. I think where my contention with myself looking back at it yeah. I was so <laughs> The word I would use is hard-headed, but more than anything, I didn't understand what I was going to have to go through. Yeah. And so every little thing was a fucking mo- mountain. Everything was like a Oh my fucking god, this happened and now I'm never going to make it. Yeah. And now not even so much that you're never going to make it, just with like being like, man, this blows. No, see, no, for me, it was, I'm never going to make it. Yeah. I'm th- like, this one thing, yeah. this one thing that happened, now I'm fucked forever. Yeah. And 28 year old Colin has been through the gambit and yeah. has come out the other side and is like, I have my shit, to, I have my ducks in a row. And yeah. now I can adjust on the fly a little more, but nothing gets to me anymore. There's never a thing where you can flap. You can't flap me. You can't fucking. I think that came from also not being my my truest self. And I, I mean this in the way that like I thought I had to go to Nashville. I thought I had to fit in that scene. When yeah. I was like, I know who I am. And we came back and I said, this is who we are. Everything good that happened to us in the last two years mm-hmm. has been because of that. Has yeah. been because of our absolute authenticity. And... I don't give a fuck who you are. I'll look you dead in the eyes. I went into the CSAC offices in the Warner building in LA, like right before quarantine, in a fucking Allen Iverson jersey and a leather jacket on top. And I walked in, and everybody else in there was like, this is LA look, like fucking deep V-neck with like three chains that are all the perfect level, like a ring on this finger for no reason. Right. And and like uh and I walked in and just like, sup. This is who I am. What's up? You want to write a song? Watch this shit. And back in the day, and we actually have like a watershed moment in the band, and this is my growth as a human being. When I was down in Nashville a lot, like 2016, 2017, I bought this hat. We call it the Nashville hat. And it was one of those like fucking like flat brim fedoras that go around that all the hipsters wear. Yes. And I bought it. Pretty cool hat. Pretty cool hat. Yeah. Wear it around in Northeast Philly, you get your ass beat. And uh, I came home and I had it in my bag. I didn't wear it indoors because I knew my, my wife was going to look at me funny. Yeah. And uh, I took it out and I put it on the nightstand. And she walked in the room and she was like, What the fuck is that? Yeah. And I was like, Dude, they're really cool down there. And she was like, Just whatever. And I wore it to shows and stuff for like a year. And then one day, if you're performing, you're exempt from it. It matters if you're wearing it every agreed, day. Agreed. But like from time <laughs> to time, I would rock it. And I'm talking yeah, my yeah. boys, like my boys, like my lifelong boys, my boys, Droopy and Sean and all them. Droopy right. is my boy. Droopy yeah. is actually a friend of mine. Yeah. We're like, yeah, 
The hat's fucking stupid. And I'd be like, you just don't get it. You're you're stuck in Northeast Philly. You're going to live here forever. You don't get it. Yeah. See a little bit of the world first, being pretentious dickhead. Right. And this was a year ago now. We had a song coming out called Legends Don't Die. And we were talking about what we wanted to do for the promo stuff. Yeah. And I felt that it was our most us song. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to burn that stupid fucking hat. And we lit the fucking hat on fire, and that was the promo <laughs> for the song. It was a slow-mo of that hat getting lit on fire with gasoline. Yeah. That is what I'm saying when I say, if I looked at myself like back then to now, right. I laugh at myself because I just, everything was a mountain. Everything, I, I, it was the conversation about if I don't make it by 25, I'm never going to make it. I'm the same motherfucker. Can't shake me. And yeah. it, it's, I mean, it also does matter too that you are focused on like the the fact that these things are actually important. There are, there are things that you need to do in order to like maintain what is happening. That is something you know? that not enough people, especially in Philadelphia, so many people don't look outside the bubble that is here. Yeah, and I've gotten to experience the country yeah. and the different music scenes and live in a place where music is the currency. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. And I've gotten to understand the business. Yeah. I've been in meetings in different cities, and I've gotten to know these people, and in meetings where people would be like, you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I'd be like, yeah. I don't, but can you teach me? Yeah. I know that shit. I know, I know this business. Yeah. I, I know it now, and I'm yeah. still learning. Yeah. Next week, somebody's I'm going to go to a meeting. Somebody's going to say. Right. Another thing I did learn also is that people in the music industry also yeah. don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. Because- People who sit behind a desk are in the music industry as a, it is the weirdest. There is in business, there's there's a creative side and there's a, a like a business side, right? You go to like a fucking the Comcast has creative people there. Sure. It's different in the music industry. It just is. And it's the most odd confluence of people in suits and people who live and die for their art. Because they don't live and die for what you're doing. You mm -hmm. live and die by everything that you do. Yeah. And I've, that was the hardest thing for me to get through my head is right. that at the end of the day, they don't give a flying fuck at the end of the day. Some of them do, but no one's ever going to care as much as we do. Yeah. And so you got to take it in your own hands sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can dig that. All right, Max. What we're going to do, we're going to put a pin in this right here. We're going to have you on for a part two. Dope. I just want to tell you, this is easily the longest conversation we ever had. It's the deepest conversation we ever had. And it's probably my favorite. Glad to hear that, man. It's been great. It's just, I got to meet somebody I truly admire. Meet in a sense of like, like we've known of each other, but like, right. chop it up. And it was everything I wanted it to be. And I want you to know that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I've never done one of these before. I was going to ask, you ever done this before? No, long form is pretty interesting, though. You know? Yeah. yeah. And we're going to do it again. Yeah. So, fucking... Max Swan, thank you very much. Thank you, dude. Get ready for part two. Right on. My man. See you, everybody. <laughs> dude, great fucking job!